Welcome, and you're listening to Geekologist Radio with the vision of the Ninja Pancake family of podcasts. Cajun, and I'm back for this year-end episode of Ecologist Radio, where we take you through our 2017 queue as a whole and what we liked, and then we're going to ride the hype train a little bit into 2018 and tell you what we like there as well, or, or what we will like there as well. Let's introduce our crew for tonight's cast. First up, we have Mr. Damien Nash. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Back from vacation. Nice. And you were in Vegas? I was. I was. Got to do a lot of stuff, mm-hmm. there, a lot of fun stuff there. Got to geek out, uh, legist at uh, the uh, Stan Lee's uh, store down there, Avengers Station. Nice. I like the throwback of the geekologist. And uh, came came back with more money than you left, or less? Uh, less. Less. I, I only I only gambled. <laughs> I only gambled uh, forty two or forty two dollars. But yeah, there was just too many good things to to eat and everything else down there. Mm-hmm. Nice. All right. And then next up, we have Mr. Nick. How's it going, sir? Good. How are you doing, sir? I'm glad to be on the, the last show of the year here. Mm-hmm. Round out. And to round out uh, the podcast, we have Miss Silver. How are we doing over there? Hey, look at me with a fancy new webcam, finally. <laughs> what? I can see you in almost 3D. No. It does have nice color, actually. I didn't notice that. Uh-huh. Is that and the audio yeah. sound is great <laughs> yep yeah i've got that mic up with the audio protection on it but it got a lot of red going on too because silver's got herself a red mic uh, a red sound protector on it and she's drinking out of a red solo cup and so there's just a lot of red going on all red and lights and all that fun stuff all right with, nice. with that we have to ask a question though sith or jedi oh of course the sith <laughs> yes mm-hmm. <laughs> that was such a quick answer that wasn't even she didn't have to think about it yep I, I don't even I don't get any a chance to go today even to my team Negan stance that I've taken lately on Walking Dead so. <laughs> next week still need to catch up yeah, yeah. Um, so alright let's go ahead and get into our queue so uh, the format's gonna change a little bit for this one we're basically gonna be reviewing what our top shows were and movies for 2017 we're gonna count backwards um, from 10 to 1 um, not everybody has a full 10 list, so we're just going to go and cover what we liked um, and count on down. And hopefully you like them too. And if there's something in there you hadn't seen yet, go ahead and give it a shot if we intrigued you in our discussions. So uh, let's get into TV shows first. Um, and so for me, number 10 was Old Faithful Better Call Saul. And there was a lot of them competing for that 10 slot. I Actually, when I made my list, I had 14 shows in there. Uh, Black Mirror, American Vandal, Narcos, and Orville were all sitting right there on the outside. But Better Call Saul made it in on the 10 list because it's the best law drama on TV and it's done in that Breaking Bad sensibility. And so it, it just it's, it gets me there. We watch it. We enjoy it. And it's, it's good. But it's not doing anything super and spectacular. It's just doing what it does really well, really uniquely. 
All right. And I'm going I'm going to go along the lines as we have them here in our show notes instead of how we introduced. So I'm going to have Mr. Nick go next. Now on that better better call Saul too. I just wanted to point out that uh uh Michael Michael McKeon uh <laughs> that's playing uh, uh Saul's or Jimmy's brother with that electromagnetic hypersensitivity disease. He plays that so well. I that's probably my favorite part of this 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 series of Better Call Saul and and Mike that's the private eye guy, but I really like the brother aspect yeah. in this in the show. Yeah, their dynamic uh, is great, uh, and how their dynamic came together and apart um, this past season. Yeah, was yeah. so well done and so smartly done. It was such a Jimmy way, which Jimmy in the show is Saul. He hasn't changed his name yet, but uh, he he it was such a way his Jimmy way of doing it that it was. Uh, no other way I can think about it. Looking back, like I couldn't write that scene any better. Yeah, it was fantastic. And the dynamic of Jimmy and Mike as the private eye, Mike is from Breaking Bad also. Those are the two mm-hmm. best characters that came off of, well, the brothers knew, but came off of Breaking Bad, you know. So I, I'm really right. enjoying season, I really enjoyed season three, and I'm looking forward to the next couple of seasons. I think they're doing five or six. Yeah, yeah. Uh, five was the initial uh, quoted plan because they did that with Breaking Bad, and that's kind of where their arc is, which is good because he hasn't changed his name yet. So now we can see him kind of becoming Saul now. Yeah, they said it was six years before he became Saul, so we'll see what happens. Okay, nice. <laughs> All right, sir, Nick, what is your number ten? Yeah, sorry, Cajun. My kid is being really loud right now. I'm just gonna point that out. That sorry about that, man. If you have to edit <laughs> that, that out. That, <laughs> That's all right. I'll, I'll look for that. All right. Thanks, the, uh, buddy. I can hear it. All right. So my number 10 is is Veep. And like you, Cajun, I have watched a lot of TV this year. And I kind of bounced around a, a lot of things. And then I actually went back and looked at what I watched. And I just had to add in Veep because uh, Julia Lewis-Dreyfus playing Selena Meyer is incredible. It, it's one of her best characters. I know Seinfeld, but... I really love her in this show. She's so good. She's so funny. Her the the timing on this show for the comedic uh, one liners that just hit people right in their heart. They don't care who they are. They're the, the she's working. People are working for her. She that, that's her daughter. She hits them right in the stomach with just these these gut punching one liners. I love this show. And it's shot kind of like the mockumentary, like Parks and Rec and Office, you know. And it's okay. more of her uh, her her daily life as Selena Meyer vice president then president and now this season she lost her position as president and she's kind of find her way she's trying to find her way back to, into being the president again so if you guys haven't if anybody hasn't watched veep it's a fantastic show one more season left next year is the last year for it nice, nice. Yeah, i've heard nothing but good stuff about it it's just one of the ones that i've because there's so much great stuff on it yeah. it's never found its way to have me hit play on it because I only get HBO now for like specific periods of time, Westworld, Game of Thrones, and I haven't divested off to some of their other shows enough to, to see their catalog. They usually play Veep, uh, Silicon Valley, and Game of Thrones. They were for the last couple of years playing them at the same time. So if you get it for Game of Thrones and it's on, take a look. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, th- that limits the excuse I just made. <laughs> <laughs> last it's year wasn't new the same. shows airing when you have it. Yeah, yeah, last year wasn't the same though. Last year, they Game of Thrones came on a little bit after. Nice. All right, Mister Damien, sir, what is your number ten? Again, there was so much TV this year. Like I'm not used to watching this much TV. Uh, I usually ingest other other you know, game, just you know, streamers, all that stuff, kind of thing. But 
a lot of TV this year, and I had to I had to get on. Like, there's a lot of stuff that was bumping things around, moving things that I wanted to have up higher, but because they're more of a tie. But Ash versus the Evil Dead, I had to put on here because I'm a huge, huge Evil Dead fan and huge Bruce Campbell fan in general. And he's an Oregonian, where I'm originally from, so, you know, just, just got to toss that out there. But this, <laughs> this show... That's the tiebreaker. The, the show is so good. He's from where I'm from. It, it is so good. It if you if you are a fan of horror and if you're a fan of comedy and you like that mix, if you like like you know, uh, is it Stan? Uh, not, well, there is there is a Stan versus versus uh, Evil or something like that. It's on too. That's decent. But Ash versus the Evil Dead, it carries on that. It carries on from the Army of Darkness. And it just does it so well. And I wish I what I with the way I consume the shows, I actually wait until the season's up because each episode's only like about twenty five minutes. That's um, after the commercials are taken out and stuff like that. It there's not you you know it, you can consume it really quick. And and unlike something else that's on my on my list of TV, there's so much that goes on that it feels like it just goes by in the, like a snap of a finger. So I wait till the full till the full season's out, then I consume it. And this last season was really good. A lot of a uh, lot of shocking things that happen. But if you follow the Evil Dead or any of this stuff with Sam Raimi and Bruce Campbell, you gotta jump on this and check it out. You won't be you you will not be saddened by it. It'll do nothing but make you smile and a little squeamish at times. And two seasons are on Netflix yeah. now too, right? Oh yeah, two seasons are on Netflix. I forgot to say that. Yes, if you have Netflix and you don't have Stars, check it out. The two there's two seasons on there, and you know it's. I think you can get through it. I think total like four and a half hours. I think you can get through the two seasons. No, oh, no, wow. no, 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 no. Sorry, excuse me, excuse me. It'd be ten hours. Sorry. Math. Okay, all right. That's, math is hard. That's, that's significant. Hard. I was I was thinking I was thinking of some, <laughs> something. I was thinking of a different show. Yeah. All right. Now, if you notice, you didn't hear uh, Silver. She did something similar to what Chris did last year. It was uh, she could, didn't have enough to fill her top ten list out. She went with the core, the meat of it. So when we get down to hers uh, in the five, uh, you hear uh, her list. But she might chime in with some of the ones she's seen. That just wanted to put that out there into the ether. Now, uh, Cajun's number nine is uh, Punisher. I'm gonna kind of go quick because we were kind of long on the last one a little bit, but. Uh, Punisher season one, it holds its own as, for me, one of the top three Netflix Marvel Universe shows with Daredevil season one and Jessica Jones season one. Um, thoroughly enjoyed it. Return to form. Uh, less superpower stuff. Had good moral story in there uh, in the background. Really, really strong moral story in the background about uh, soldiers with a second life. And uh, I want to see more stuff along these lines uh, from Netflix and not the stuff we saw with the defenders and uh, stuff before that. Yeah, I agree. Else I, I agree my, completely. Yeah, it's my top three mm-hmm. too in the exact same order you have it. It's I called mm-hmm. it a special ops slash A team series because it's a Frank Castle series and him trying to figure out life after, you know, his family being murdered. I really enjoyed it. Right. It's on it's in my list eventually too, so I'll just talk about it now. Uh, but yeah, mm-hmm. the Punisher for me was something that it just it blew it 
blew my blew my mind like he blew brains out. I mean it it is <laughs> it is Frank Castle, and we all know on here if you listen to the show at all, you know that I'm a huge Frank Castle fan. He's one of my top top like favorite characters in the Marvel universe, and I just the the it took me a little bit when I watched him on Daredevil season or Daredevil to see him as the Punisher, but uh, the actor is what I'm talking about actually here. Um, yeah, 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 John, John Berthold. But seeing this season of his own show, there's no doubt John Berthold is the best Punisher that I've seen out there. Uh, it, I, like, mm, he's I, the I, best I love portrayal. Best Punisher, portrayal. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. He, he plays him just like the game. If anybody remembers the the game on the original Xbox, it's touted still as one of the best Punisher experiences out there. John Berthold is that character. All the yeah. way down to his mannerisms. I, I love I love them as Punisher. Yep. And, and commenting on something we talked about in our uh, Discord earlier, um, and even in our pre-show show, uh, we're in the golden age of TV right now. And considering the fact that I had to really weigh where the Punisher sat with Daredevil and Jessica Jones, and those were top three shows for me in the years they came out, and Punisher is now sitting at number nine for me, shows kind of where we're at, uh, that... All these shows can fluctuate just depending on slight personal preference, but man, there's just so much good stuff out there right now that it's 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 tough to make a top ten. In list. continuation with what you just said there, though, have you noticed that this year cinema struggled in comparison to block for a blockbuster season? The blockbuster struggled, mm-hmm. whereas TV was where you really got your blockbuster experience. Right. Yeah. Uh, there were so many uh, shows that in terms of movies that tanked. They had so many huge losses. I mean, we were looking at lists earlier this year of some of the big box office losses in cinema history, and so many of them are this year. It's not like it's a super abnormal uh, amount of money being lost, but the quantity of movies that are huge losses was very palatable and very noticeable. And that's because if you don't make a good movie and you spend a lot of money on it, people will know very quickly Information is disseminated very quickly, and they will not go see your movie. And um, TV, people just have so much other stuff they can change the other channel, and there's so much other stuff out there that you can find so much great content. But movies, when you're spending $100, $200 million, you can make some real garbage movies and lose your money. Hashtag the mummy. (laughs) (laughs) Damien. (laughs) Uh, I like that movie. Uh, I like that movie a lot, but it just it wasn't <laughs> enough to get on my top ten. <laughs> uh, all right, then I'll, I'll go with uh, well, well, Ghost in the Shell, then or whatever. <laughs> so some of those, some of these hundred plus million dollar loss movies that we had this year. Um, Nick, what is your number nine? My number nine is BoJack Horseman, another, and now this is another Netflix uh, original series, and I'm looking at our list, and we have a lot of a Netflix original series on here, because they're putting out a lot of great content. So for, for Netflix in 2017, really good job, a lot of good stuff on there. You can almost just watch Netflix if you need to get, it will fill your whole year up. Now, BoJack Horseman season four was a very uh, sad season, it was it had a lot of feels to it. It was basically Bojack kind of finding his uh, his uh, family and where he came from and kind of where he's at in life right now. Um, very depressing Bojack for all of season four. Not a lot of uplifting stuff for him. 
it, it's a lot of a lot of life lessons. Even though there's you know a whale being the news guy or a dog running for mayor, there's a lot of real life uh, lessons in this show. I've enjoyed all four seasons. Um, it's a really really great animated series. It's a really great TV show. Nice. I hadn't got into that one. I kind of peaked it a little bit during season one. I remember liking what I saw, but I uh, didn't never went back to it. But it's good to see it on your list there. It's good, especially where it sits. Um, Mr. Damien, there's a show right there that touched a lot of us. Yeah, this show, actually, I picked up because of you, which was The Last Kingdom. Mm-hmm. And after I picked it up, I remember it was the fastest I've ever binge-watched anything. Like, I went through it in day and a half. I went through the entire season. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez, it's a, it's it, it has the hooks, man. The show has the hooks. It does not take any breaks, man. La- Last Kingdom, it doesn't take a breath, but because the lead, and we said this before, he's the constantly the most lucky and unlucky person, and it doesn't spend any time giving you any filler. And you put all that together in a good historical uh, action drama show like this, it. And set in a time that we don't see a lot of stuff. We oh. sit in like early, early England where we don't see stuff. We see, we see stuff in developed Victorian England. We don't see in like early England um, before they, there's a one king to rule them all. So all of that together done really well like the show does just makes it so strong. And I mean, it's one of those things with it being the fact that it just follows the Danes. It follows the English. It show, follows all the cultures so much right. that it just that that is it's exactly what got his hooks in me and stuff like that because i'm watching this i'm like oh this is my ancestry and i'm i've seen it and even though i feel that i know a lot about it this show they when you see like the documentaries and stuff on how they work on the show they have so many uh they i think they have like three historians historians on set that kind of make sure that just when they're panning the shot along they'll they'll re they'll watch the shot so when you get these long pans of the camera, you have people checking to make sure that there's nothing in that scene that is going to be like out of context with what what way it's supposed to look. And I didn't I didn't know that until I did some research on it with uh, from the BBC. I I stumbled on that because it's another Netflix show that's I know it's BBC, but it's on Netflix. Mm-hmm. I'm a huge Vikings yeah, fan. Netflix, um, I'm on season five of Vikings. If Vikings had ended so far. I might have put it on my top uh, 10 list here. Uh, Last Kingdom fell off just a little bit for me um, just because some other shows. It would have been on my top 10 list too, but it actually overtook Vikings for me. I like this series a lot more than I like Vikings now. I I can't wait for season three. Interesting. I remember Damien telling me that too, and I've had three people since Damien told me that when we were talking TV shows, they bring up Vikings, and they talk about how great Vikings is. I said, yeah, I've heard that too. But I have a friend who told me this, that they like, they really liked Vikings, but then watched Last Kingdom, and it overtook it. And they're like, what? Yeah, like, it, it watched does. Last Kingdom. It does. It's just, <laughs> it's well done. And I don't know if Vikings is the same, is it the same time frame? Because it's early on in England, too, in Paris. It's a little, little, little different because like it's a little Vi- bit. Vikings, I think it's a little bit after. Yeah, it's a little bit after because Vikings, it's more after it's been established and they're going and they're finding new routes to you know and all that stuff. It, Vikings is kind of going to war, more towards the downfall of the Viking uh, culture, whereas this right now, the Last Kingdom takes place during the height of the Viking uh, culture. Correct. Yeah. Ah, gotcha. All right. 
moving on. And I said last time we're going to be faster, but we're actually we're slower, but I'm going to speed up a little more. Okay. Uh, my number eight is Fargo season three, and it's quickly on it. I loved everything Fargo does. Each season of Fargo can stand alone, um, and because they're not really tied to each other uh, at all. Fargo season three had two really highlight points. Ewan McGregor playing twins, and he's been nominated for many awards for his role, um, and hopefully he wins something. And then Mary Elizabeth Winstead, uh, who was the crush in Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, uh, she kills it as the girlfriend of one of the twins. Race Dusty. Those two characters, yeah, were absolutely amazing in the show, besides it just being... Uh, a great season of Fargo. So uh, that's where it sits for me. Uh, anybody else with comments on um, I agree with you, Ian McGregor. Uh, actually, his character as Emmett's Dusty really reminded me of the William H. Macy character and the Fargo movie. A kind of confused guy, a little bit yes. scared, got in, got in mm-hmm. a little bit too deep, trying to dig himself back out of it. Uh, I really loved his portrayal as the twins, um, and it all started from a stamp. Yeah, just a single stamp. Yep. yep. I love that show. <laughs> Yep. All right, Nick, what's your next one? Yeah, I have Ozark on here, another Netflix original. Um, This is probably the best Jason Bateman I've seen in a long time, probably since Horrible Bosses 1. That's kind of a comedy. This this is the best Jason Bateman drama I've seen, I think. Yeah. I can't think of another Mm -hmm. one on top of my head. Can you, Cajun? Uh, Good drama, the one where he was in the spelling bee. I think he was really good. Oh, okay. I haven't seen that. I know what you're talking about, though, yeah. Yeah. this this show, it kind of came out of the blue, and everybody started talking about it like we talked about uh, off the show, the crit- critiques and critical acclaim, and 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 people started picking up the show, and it kind of blew up for Netflix, and I, I'm really excited for season two, and I'm, I'm excited for Jason Bateman too because, um, uh, I, I love him in this drama role, and I love him in this role, and it's Jason Bateman playing Jason Bateman. Everything I see him in, it just reminds me of him. I don't know if that's for you guys too, but that's how it works with me with him. Yep. Uh, one thing great about Ozark, yeah, I love the critical acclaim of it. Some of these shows did not get critical acclaim, so there's a lot of hope that they get continually picked up and watched. Last Kingdom being one of them, not enough people I think talk about it. Um, but with Ozark, it got because it filled that Breaking Bad void. It was Breaking Bad at the Lake of the Ozarks. Yeah, correct. Yeah. Um, and Jason Bateman was an accountant instead of a chemist for for drug dealers. So it it was very similar, and so people could easily define it to a friend, say how good it was, and then if that friend liked Breaking Bad, which a lot of people did, jump right into the show and enjoy it because it fit that. It was like if Breaking Bad was a ten, Ozark was a nine or nine point five for most people uh, because uh, of how strong. Uh, of ties it had and so that this one's on uh, on my list too a little later on but yeah good I'll good point yeah just subtract the meth and add in cash yeah mm-hmm. all right mr damien sir what is your number eight my number eight is legion something that we did follow and some of us fell off of and then some of us would get back on but uh i really it was the start for 2017 of like the big Marvel push for TV series. It was, and mm-hmm. it was trippy. It was really hard, hard to follow. But one, if you were able to keep along with it, it created a good storyline and it made us think. And that's another thing is that like most of my stuff on here is again, something that made me think something that inflicted, you know, caused emotion and being the fact that it follows the son of Xavier. That was, was something for me. 
yeah, it kind of left us a little hokey. I'm hoping season two is going to be a little be bigger. That's why it's lower on my list than where where I thought it was going to be. But you're going to see a lot of Marvel and on I think across everything because that's something that Marvel has done really well this year has been Marvel TV. And if you like if you like Marvel TV, it's on it's an uh, it's on FX. Check it out. It follows a. I just realized I did a spoiler if you haven't seen it, but yeah, I was about to. I was about to say spoiler. Spoiler, but it just follow it. It's a pretty. It's pretty cool how they just show the different powers and stuff like that. It's it's gonna keep you guessing on timelines and stuff. But check it out. Yeah, Chris spoiled that thing in our very first uh, coverage of the show. Like we covered episode one. He's like, "Well, when this guy's gonna be this later?" And we're like, "Why did you just say that?" Like, "Well, it's in the comic." I'm like, "But it's not in the show." Stop. We both and come on, did. Marvel's Marvel's TV. I know it's not on our list because it hasn't been finished. But Occasion's a big fan of this, The Runaways. So Marvel has been killing it. Marvel Runaways mm-hmm. is good because of you, Cajun. I've been watching it. Oh yeah, and that gets me excited uh, because of how good that is. It gets me excited for Cloak and Dagger. Because I think it could be done in the same vein, nice. yeah. uh, and I'm yeah, I like Gifted. I'm following Gifted, but I like Runaways a lot more, and that gets me excited for Cloak and Dagger because I think they can do that in that same vein that they're doing Runaways in. Now moving on to number seven, uh, Mind Hunter, season one, another Netflix original. This is a true drama of the FBI investigators who invented profiling and defined serial killers as they investigate a few crimes, but mainly as they interrogate uh, incarcerated serial killers and come up with the whole uh, serial killer profiling science, if you uh, call it that. Well, I, no, that's what it is, the, the science of it. Um, well, 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 well done show. Um, basically, it's, it's like watching um, David Fincher. Well, David Fincher did this. So yeah. he did the first four episodes. He's a producer of it. Um, and it's like watching a long seven like a long version of Seven that's not as violent. Um, it's just intriguing as all get out and thoroughly enjoyable. And it, it's another one that got, uh, similar to Ozark, a slow start, but then just got that buzz where yeah. people were talking about it. And then the cast was being brought on all these like uh, uh, highly watched uh, daytime talk shows and stuff where more people were getting into it. And now Mindhunter became its own thing. So this, I hope this one continues a, a good run. Anybody else? It's in my I've queue. Been, uh, I haven't got a chance to, to check it. it out yet. Yeah. Yeah, I've been Same meaning to watch over. it because I'm really into that kind of stuff. I just I haven't gotten around to it. It's in the yeah. same spot for me right now. It's in my queue. I haven't had a chance to sit down with it. <laughs> yeah, and, and I, I think that's part of the review part, too. Part of the review is that it's a slow boil. It's not going to be something that's just hitch and go, go, go and put its hooks into you and you can't stop watching it. It's good and it's intriguing, but it doesn't have those deep hooks that these action shows have because it's just super, super intriguing and really well done. Um, but it's at the end of it, you're just so enjoyable because it, 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 it constantly goes up at a steady incline. Towards the end, you're like, oh, I gotta see what happens next. Uh, because that slow boil at the start happens, it's tough to get it going. But once it gets going, after episode two, you're, all right, I see you going, I see you going, and it goes, Silver? Anything with serial killers hooks me immediately, so that'll be a binger for me. I'm, <laughs> and I, I'm sorry. Yeah, well, I'm and, sorry Manson died this year, Silver. Yeah, well, not to sound <laughs> creepy or anything. Yeah, you didn't. You didn't yeah. visit the Green River when you're up here in Washington. Uh, yeah, I actually went on a um, serial killer tour and got to see uh, like Dahmer's <laughs> boardhouse and everything. Oh. <laughs> yeah, a full time. That my was a joke, joke backfired. that went very my joke ba- yeah, yeah, my joke backfired. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. 
So yeah, this this being because uh, it's based off of two real people. Uh, the only thing is that the real people in the show, uh, the two FBI agents and the profiling uh, doctor, uh, their names in the show aren't the same as their names in real life. Just because the show probably does take a few liberties, um, but it's 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 very very highly based off of these actual people and uh, the book Mindhunter that one of them wrote. So very cool, awesome. But what they did, yep. Number seven, Nick. Well, I'm doing Stranger Things at seven, and the only reason is, is I kind of weighed what I enjoyed more this year, and I really enjoyed Stranger mm-hmm. Things, so it was hard to put them at seven. I wanted to put it lower, but I just I just enjoyed other things a little bit more. Um, we've we've had cast about Stranger Things too, um, so I don't think I need to go too deep into it. Great show. Everybody should be watching it. I still need yep. to. That silver. <laughs> that is yeah. In, ter- in terms of a, for a horror movie fan, yeah, that at no, the age really. we all are, like this, this goes right back to the '80s, '90s horror uh, tropes, and just and this one does sequel. This tropes. was and, is, and, it did it so well. It tagged, tag, it tagged. I mean, we talked about it, you know. So don't you know, tags Aliens, Terminator, uh, Monster Squad, all the great things, and uh, Adventures and Babysitting. yeah dude that is such a meme right now like and and such a great character arc too uh to go from where he was season one to where he was in season two uh by the way to be like oh stranger things go ahead go ahead occasion sorry yeah to be kind of like to just eternally beloved character it was such a great character and and personality change too Not, not just like he just became that by being the same person he went through big character arc changes very similar to like jamie lannister in game of thrones where huge personality yeah. changes uh there was a really great meme uh it's complete sidetracking on this but talking about character arcs and changes uh of a person yeah i was watching uh game of thrones season one um with my mom and uh when the jamie lannister scene happened where he pushed bran out the window he was like yeah, uh, so who's your favorite character? You know that guy who was... Uh, yeah, I saw that too. Yeah. Pushes, uh, pushes that kid out the window. Yeah, yeah. that's my favorite character. <laughs> I know, you, that's you, sad, right? You'll later. <laughs> uh, uh, on Stranger Things too, though, on just the Ghostbuster d- discussion, um, I'm Marshmallow Man, so anybody on the show that wants to take that character, it's already called for. <laughs> <laughs> you, got that, you got that on lockdown. Yes, yeah. that's my guy. Uh, yeah. Yep. And Stranger Things is, is further down the list for me, so just like a quick one sentence on for me. I found this to be bigger, uh, better production value, uh, uh, more in-depth, but I found the, the, the one thing that moved it down on the list for me uh, was it had a little less intrigue than season one did because we knew a lot of stuff yeah. already. Um, other than that, everything else was fantastic. What, what's, the char- what's the actor that plays the, the sheriff? I'm forgetting his name, sorry. The actual uh, actor's yeah. name. He's going to be, He's gonna uh, be Hellboy. Hellboy, but yeah, I, I forget. That's what his I was. Name. That's what I was yeah. going to mention. Is that? Uh, is that I? That's the most thing I enjoyed about season two was, was yeah. that actor, and that he's playing Hellboy. Yeah. And that was the thing mm-hmm. with me is that they how how they just put it in. Oh, I'm going to have to work out. David Harbor. David Harbor. Yes. David Harbor. Thank you. It Sorry. Is. That's the one thing I want to mention. I just looked at my notes. I, I forgot about that. Because here's the thing, it's yeah. for season three. He's going to be Jack because yeah. if you see well, they, what he looks like. They made the mention of that. That's yeah, what I they liked. did. And that's what was perfect. I, I noticed he was a little bit more plumpy. And then he kind of he mentioned it at the end that, no, I got to start losing weight. I, I love that call on there. It was one of my favorite lines. 
<laughs> yeah. And the thing is, knowing that he was already cast as that character, I started seeing his action and his acting. I was like, okay, I, I could start seeing him more as Hellboy as the same thing I saw somebody else in another role that I would talk about on a future show down on my list. All right, uh, Mr. Damien, your number seven. Yeah, number seven for me is Glow. This is something that we followed uh, really good. And this is another Netflix original. And it's something that kind of, you know, it. We when we first heard about it, we were interested in it. Then like it was, it was kind of yo-yoed back and forth. And then when it finally hit, it was one of the, another one of those shows where you you had a hard time. It was like just one more episode, just one more episode, because it was very well put together. The comedy was good. The drama was good, and the actors were just had a lot of chemistry. And it, it's just another one of these gems for this year. And it's about the uh, the glamorous uh, glamorous ladies of wrestling. Yeah, glamorous and, ladies of wrestling. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, it's I remember. I, I actually kind of re- remember, you know, back when I, you know, Saturday mornings and stuff like that when that came on. So it was kind of crazy when you start thinking about some of this stuff. It was reruns, you know, but it was still the fact that that, that came on. So then to see the backstory behind it and everything was just really interesting. Mark Marin on yeah. there as kind of the trainer slash manager, however you want to put him in that, that series. Uh, most people know Mark Marin from his uh, WTF podcast. Um, he's also been in a couple of different movies, had his own show on IFC. He's really good in Glow. I really, really enjoyed him. Nice. Um, yeah, I liked him in Glow a lot too. Um, uh, Glow for me had, was was strong. It just it was tough for me to put it into my top ten because there's like I said, there's other stuff um, I like more. And actually, uh, my number six is one we just talked about. My number six is Stranger Things too. So no more need to cover. That's where it sits for me. It's my number six. Uh, it was in my top three last year. And like I said, it just moved down because it was a little less intriguing. And we're in the golden age of cinema where actually other stuff came out this year that pushed that stuff back. Two years ago, Punisher and Stranger Things 2 would have been in my top three. Now they're six and nine. So there we go. Uh, moving on to Mr. Nick. Yeah, mine's Better Call Saul, season three. We talked about it. Um, it landed a little bit higher for me, Cajun. I... Just really enjoyed the mm-hmm. the the best probably spinoff series off of uh, you know a really good show like Breaking Bad that I've ever seen. Um, so that's my yeah. number six. Yep, and yeah, how they uh, took apart um, the brother in that court and how the, all the season, all the episodes of that too were fantastic. And this is the and this is where we're making up our time because number six uh, for Mister Damien is when we already covered yeah, too. which is the Punisher, my boy Frank Castle. So, yep, he's there. Time to go on to the next one. <laughs> nice. And the other thing that happens is we're going to hear from Silver because her list starts here at number five. Yay, Silver. We'll get to her in a second. Yeah, Shannon. Uh, my number uh, the five is one we were, uh, already covered earlier, Ozark Season 1. Again, uh, fantastic. Covered why I liked it so much. Uh, everything that was great about it. Moving on to Nick. You got an original one right here in your number five. Yeah, Master of None. I had to put this on the list, and I almost didn't put it on the list, so I'm really glad that I went back and took a look at what I watched. Master of None, season one, um, was great. Season two hit really hard for me. Um, there is a story arc. Uh, with It, it stars this season, sorry, um, you know, from Parks and Rec or Human Giant, um, a great stand-up comedian. Um it's, it follows the arc usually of his romantic life in New York City with him and his friends. This one starts with him in Italy, 
and it's in black and white and he's speaking Italian and and, and he's kind of falls in love with a lady there. And then he goes back to New York and it still follows the story arc of this romantic kind of love interest that he has and she's dating another guy, yada, yada, yada. But what the show really does is it has these one-off episodes that has really nothing to do with the story arc itself or the plot of the whole season. And there's one about religion. There's one about her, his best friend, Denise, who has to come out to her family because she's gay. Um, there's another one that just shows a whole episode of different jobs in New York from a taxi cab to uh, a doorman in New York. And it really doesn't show a main character till the very end. Um, and it doesn't ruin the season at all. It's it's just a really, really well put together show um, that I want more people to watch. I wanted to have another season. Yeah, uh, this show is really well liked and I watched season two and I liked it and it moved down significantly for me, mainly because of um, the main character. Um, his relationship arc in this one just felt too tropey for me. Okay. It's like, oh, uh, he's... He's doing everything right, and then, oh, just falls into this wrong thing and can't do it because of this, and this happens. And it almost seems like his motivations and the reasons why he and her and other people can and can't do things in these relationships are just because the writer said so. I didn't believe their motivations as much as I did in season one. Season one, it was really high for me. Season two was really low uh, because of the motivations just went out the window for me. So that's why I got, it dropped out of my I will watch season three because I did like it but it, it didn't get ranked for me because of the relationship believability for me did you like the one-off episodes where it just takes you out of that main storyline and just I really enjoyed those a lot I I, I enjoyed those uh I, I because I don't think they had enough story to tell instead of trying to make filler they actually put in um episodes that could tell a different story in a different way that they thought up so they brought it in nicely all right and now getting into silver's first one in our list which you have for us silver my list is so short because i spend most of my time watching investigation discovery which uh, leads into me being creepy again especially with my number five uh last year um they introduced a really great series called evil lives here um, earlier this year was season two. Season three starts uh, Tuesday the 2nd, so great way to start off the year. But what I like about that one is it's so different from their usual kind of, you know, like it's a narrator or a detective telling the stories. Instead, it's like the loved one, their kid, their spouse, you know, their sibling. Um, and that's one thing I really like about it because you get to see both the good and the bad sides what they were like growing up and how deeply it's affected uh the family and that specific member especially because a lot of times it ends up you know oh there were signs growing up they had weird quirks uh weird hobbies but they didn't know anything until all of a sudden it's on the news you know oh police are outside so-and-so's house because they found a body and uh that one kind of hits home for really like it compared to everything else on id and like i said that's all i watch and that one's right. really just it, it's more emotional than the others and i'm really looking forward to season three uh next week nice and um and all of these are based off of uh real stories right yeah. none of this is scripted yeah it is all yeah. non-fiction that, 
That also falls along the lines of your schooling, though, too. So I would show, is correct? Some of the stuff that you've been interested in with school? Um, not so much school. I'm, like, uh, I'm a history major, but uh, just in general, you know, it does fall into me doing the weird tour and stuff like that. I've done a lot of reading on true crime for many years for no particular reason except it's that when I, when I was at NAC, that was always on. I don't know what was up with the uh, elderly people, but they loved watching <laughs> that channel. And so I would wa- mm-hmm. I'd sit and watch that with them all the time. Okay, just... Yeah, uh, for me, there's quite a few uh, nonfiction documentaries that uh, I liked this year that were contemplating making the list um, that didn't, uh, one being The Keepers, that meant if it wouldn't have been just so disturbing, uh, the actual crime itself and the people around it, that I might have moved it higher. But God, that was so good. And reminding me, talking about that one reminds me of all the thoughts I had on, on, on that show. And talking, when, it's a different conversation when people are talking about shows and somebody says, have you seen The Keepers? And you're like, yeah. And then, and then it just like tears off into like, okay, <laughs> we have to have a separate conversation because the stuff we're going to talk about might disturb other people in this room. <laughs> That's not the one that you said that on you on had to watch shows. an episode then take a break from it. Yeah, because he bumped you out. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and my wife had to step away. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Now I feel yeah. bad because I binged that stuff. My mom watches ID so much she has the logo burnt into the corner of her TV screen. <laughs> that's awesome yeah that's, that's amazing. awesome all right uh damien what is your number five sir stranger stranger things season two nice yep covered that one <laughs> lot, lot, lots of love for that uh uh stranger things too there bring uh, bob back to number f- <laughs> cut that out cut that oh. out cut that out cut that out <laughs> dude yeah mr spoiler over here um, so my number four game of, th- well, I spoiled the stuff for Game of Thrones season one. So earlier okay. with Jamie, <laughs> so sorry. Just don't spoil season seven, sorry, not seven sorry. years ago. Still behind. Seven, seven years ago. Get on that. Uh, number four, Game of Thrones season seven. Um, really when I was watching this one, I was, I was putting it higher and I really liked it. But when I was making my list and I was weighing it against the other shows, um, there were three I liked more than it. That's why I landed here. Uh, absolutely return to form. Return to form. And the big thing was all filler, no filler. So many seasons of Game of Thrones had these filler episodes and filler plot lines. This was none of that travel. And people were complaining, fast travel this, fast travel that. They're moving too fast. Yeah, but I don't want to see them travel. I want to see them get there and then fight with dragons. I want to see them get there and do crazy stuff. I want to see them get there and have these conversations. I don't want to see the travel. And I'm glad they did that and condensed it down into a really awesome season. The season yes. was awesome, but we saw what happens when they show travel. The the, yeah. the, the loot train. Oh, <laughs> yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. You show travel, you get you get your uh, you get your dragons attacking it. Yeah. I I really liked it. I got a little bit higher on my list than you, Cajun. I really enjoyed Game of Thrones. I think it's the best made tv show that's why i have it higher mm-hmm. and i think it's the best written tv show um every season i've enjoyed i think this one uh was better than the last season so i was happy that they cut out the traveling I'm, I'm people complaining about fast travel i just didn't understand i want the main characters to meet each other i don't want to see two months of horseback riding in before they, they finally meet up you know now, that's stuff that you, yeah. st- you leave for the webisodes, knowing what's going on with, with you know, 
Dinklage in the crate, what he did the entire time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You can make an episode about that if you need to. <laughs> and long live John long live John Snow. Exactly. I love John Snow. <laughs> yeah. Yep. He's awesome. All right, Nick, what's your number four? My number four, and it's another one that I had to go back and really see what I watched this year. Um, I'm really loving Narcos. Um, it's another Netflix original. It's a generally really, really well done show by they taking footage of them shooting the show and then taking the real life footage of them actually catching these drug mm-hmm. cartels, and they and they kind of splice them together. I really enjoy that a lot. It, it shows you how the show actually hit um, hit real world in the you know late seventies, eighties. Um, season one and two was about Pablo Escobar, and season three is about the Cali cartel. And the Cali cartel helped take down Pablo Escobar. And so when the Cali cartel took over, they became the number one drug trade um, in the world. And so the DEA has to take them down in season three. And I, I don't, even though Pablo's dead, I don't think it fell off for me at all. I really, no. really enjoyed it. Yep, I, I enjoyed it too. And uh, for me, it, it it landed at number 13 for me. I, I really enjoyed it. I just, other stuff I liked more. Yeah. Um, the Cali Cartel had many interesting characters instead of Pablo being the central interesting character, which I, I liked that part of it. Um, the infighting uh, was good, sometimes a little distracting, but but good in there. Um, one uh, DEA lead instead of two. I like the the dynamic of the two partners. I do, I do two, miss so leading it with just one missed. Yeah, sorry for talking over you. Yeah, I do miss no, the no, second DEA agent. Um, I do like I I do like the character that's playing the DEA agent. I should have wrote down his name. I forget the actor's name. He was just yeah, in the Kingsman uh, Golden Circle. <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah, he was the American main agent in Kingsman and Circle. He was also um, the person who the Mountain killed in combat um, in Game of Thrones. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. He's a great. He's a great, so, great actor. Um, but I'm with you. Season one and two, I do like the dynamic between the two Americans, kind of out of their own element right. in a different country, and them trying to work through that too, and family and everything like that. Why they're trying to catch Pablo? Yeah, Boyd Holbrook. Uh, as the other guy uh, who was the, the he was uh, in stuff he's done since Narcos uh, trying to place him. And if you haven't seen it, the DAH from season one and two, he was the uh, the Reaper going after Logan in the movie Logan. Um, so he was the main guy. Yeah, that that's guy. right. Yeah, so you've seen I there. totally I totally yeah. didn't put those two together. I don't know why I didn't. Yeah, I mean, he does not look the same. He has a, much more facial hair, just gnarly looking, and he plays a villain in this one instead of a good guy. But, uh, yeah, uh, Narcos, great stuff. But also, you have to pay attention to Narcos because one thing they don't tell you is it's so authentic. When they're in Mexico, they speak Spanish. So you have to do a lot of reading. <laughs> but <laughs> I, when the I'm, agents are talking. Yeah, I don't like the dub stuff. I'm really glad they did that. That's one. I don't mind reading subtitles, but I think that throws the characters off. Um, there's another mm-hmm. show I watched this year where the, I watched them kind of dubbed in from Germany and then I realized I can go back to subtitles. Well, I've already watched four episodes dubbed in, so I hear their voices. So I couldn't read the subtitles anymore. I had to go back to dubbed in cause I was used to the characters that way. I'm glad Narcos just said subtitles. This is the way they speak. I really enjoy that. Nice. All right. Silver four. So I'm not creepy all the time. I do watch other things. <laughs> <laughs> slight proof that i actually watch television and not just movies um my number four was uh family guy season 16 
which nice. I was actually watching rewatching uh, season 15 today since I was stuck home sick. Um, there was uh, definitely a couple seasons uh, in recent uh, years where Family Guy kind of did the Simpsons thing where it started to peter out. It wasn't as funny as it was. And in uh, season mm-hmm. 15 and 16, it really picked it back up, which is great because I've been a fan since longer than I should have been because I was like seven when it came out. But, uh, uh, you know, it, it's been a really good one. Um, it's one of those shows that I just sit and watch over and over again. And this is one of the seasons that I'm not going to skip except for the first episode. It was a, a little dull. Um, it was a done based on like different directors and it just wasn't it was just eh but the rest of the season really picked up after that and uh continues again um after the holiday break next sunday so i'm looking forward to that i've already got my uh hulu set up and ready to go for the next day (laughs) nice that's good to hear i've been i've been picking it up with it here and there uh but i think the the cartoon we've kind of leaned towards is uh south park when we were talking about uh shows that um uh, had tore off a little bit, but I'm finding a renaissance. I think the last three years of South Park have really done similar to uh, Family Guy, and they've recommitted and changed their format, um, made it more serialized, uh, con- where, where plots intertwine uh, throughout the whole season instead of being uh, siloed episodes, and that's really helped them as well. Yeah, I, I think I remember that. The... Member Bears. Member. Member, member. My only member. issue with the recent <laughs> seasons of South Park is I don't like Heidi. She annoys me. <laughs> Yeah, they don't use her enough. They don't use her that much. So we'll just do a, a Heidi search for her. You're like, she's not in this one, Silver. You can watch this one. There we go. <laughs> just make me a list. Nice. All right, Damien. Number four for Number me four. is another Marvel uh, series, and it's still going on, but it is phenomenal, and that is The Gifted. It. I mean, Nick and I have been following this, and, I mean, it's just... It's great TV. Like the, I, you could take this cast, put them into a movie, and I would be there day one, opening day to see it. It's that. That's how well it's written. That's how well the cast works together. Everything's believable. Everything has you on the edge of your seat. Even their their slower episodes still has you like, okay, what's going on? I, and then or you'll think you know something, and then they'll flip a, they'll like just flip a switch and. All of a sudden, it's like, hello, hey, guess what? You were wrong. Or maybe you were right, but then look over here at this guy. And it's just really intuitive, and I like that. And I can't say enough good things about it. So, Gifted, definitely check it out. If you are a Marvel fan, if you are a superhero fan, or if you like thrillers, drama or thrillers, check out The Gifted. It's another really good marvel series that's came out this year and it's a good x-men series i'm a big fan of the x-men i i've really enjoyed it it might have made my list if the if the season had finished that i want to see how the the season kind of finishes off um but so far so good for me yep i've, I've enjoyed that one too uh but for me uh as i mentioned you guys in discord i've liked runaways a tad more i'm waiting for that one to end as well I've enjoyed The Gifted. I think it started a lot better than, the, like Damien said, some of the middle ones kind of low, but it has some stuff that keep you intrigued in it. I'm really hoping it does another uh, strong finish as a strong as strong of a start as it had. Yeah, I um, agree with that. That's what I'm yeah. looking forward to. Yeah. Yep. All right. 
Now, moving on to number three, for me, uh, Taboo Season 1. This was, when it came out earlier this year, we were all over and like, this one's probably going to be in our top 10 list. A lot of us were saying that when we started this show at the beginning of the year. And that's where it sits. For me, it sits number three. Um, Taboo, historical drama uh, with mysticism in like the 1800s England and Tom Hardy kicking butt. And a TV show. With a top hat. Um, looking badass. With a top hat. Badass with a top hat. With a top, hat, with with the top, top hat, hat on it. Yeah. And, and a jacket yeah. with a tail. Uh, with the, I mean, <laughs> it... <laughs> yeah. I don't know how he pulls off looking so badass in that look, but... We had entire conversations about this in regular episodes. Like, how, like how does he do it? How does he look so badass? And walking, like, people would just feel like I would move out of this guy's way. If he's walking towards me the way he's do- doing it right now, because he, he just looks so menacing. But they combine this with the mysticism and his uh, amazing ability to uh, outsmart and outplan uh, the people he's working against, which and this is the East India Trading Company. And man, um, I'm excited uh, to see a season two. And I haven't really followed uh, if and when we'll get one because Tom Hardy's in so much stuff. This was a very expensive show. Um, and I would really like to see a season two, and hopefully it gets there. It was greenlit, so we just need to know when it's going to be whenever his schedule is free. Yeah. Yeah, finish Venom and get over there and do some taboo. <laughs> now, is this is this kind of off the character that he plays in Peaky Blinders? Has anybody watched Peaky Blinders with Tom Hardy in it? I have not watched it. It's he- on my list to watch. I've seen the first half of season one of Peaky Blinders, and I don't remember seeing Tom Hardy in it. Uh, yeah, season later, I might have season it. three. He comes in and he plays this menacing uh, gangster who's kind of a gypsy that talks in. So I thought the the character might have been based a little bit off of what he did in Taboo, which I haven't seen, so I don't know. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, not as much uh, not as much gypsy. His mysticism is more uh, sort native. Of native American, that's nat- Native American natural oh, okay. All right. type stuff. But yeah, yeah does have there is some there is some mystical powers that he possesses in this show oh okay but it's very it's very it's very minor to the plot but it's it's still there so it creates some intrigue all right speaking of intrigue nick yeah very intriguing show you have yeah number three for me this season it came back in season three mr robot um season two kind of hit a lull for a lot of people and season three is really recovered uh, extremely well to the point where it almost surpasses season one it does not but it is up there for me um it, it, it stage one was season one and two basically for mr robot where they're just cyber terrorists and they're trying to destroy a large corporation and pretty much shut down and take away everybody's debt destroy the banks season two three he starts stage two which gets a little bit more on the terrorist side of things and gets very dark in a couple episodes and actually depresses a couple of the main characters to the point where one of them rewinds an, uh, uh, some some newscast to show she's like, everybody's going to live. Look, you just rewind it. Everybody lives. Everybody lives. It, it really goes into kind of the things that we deal with or some countries deal with every day with these terrorist attacks. Uh, one highlight I wanted to point out was Christian Slater is fantastic in this as the alter ego for uh, Elliot Anderson, who's played by uh, Rami Malek. Um, he has multiple personalities, and when he switches, he turns into Mr. Robot, who is Christian Slater, who is his father. 
And it's so well done this season where they have to talk back and forth and kind of solve a problem between the two of them. It, it's really well done. I really enjoyed it. And they also added in Bobby Ken. I can never pronounce his last name. Cannavale. Cannavale, yeah. From Boardwalk Empire to several other things. He plays Irving, which is kind of a go-between the Dark Army and Elliot and some other characters. He is so good. And then the last episode, he gets so dark in it, and uh, I love him so much and pretty much everything he does. So if anybody's a fan of Mr. Robot, Season 3 really jumped back for me, and I can't wait for Season 4 now. Yep, Mr. Robot season one was way up there on my list. It was absolutely fantastic. Season two turned me off big time. Mm-hmm. Uh, it got we got way too into the headspace instead of telling a show we're going to be really artsy. Yeah, and uh, I've I've kind of avoided season three because of season two's uh, uh, feelings it gave me at the end. It goes back but to it's telling good to hear you. Sorry, yeah, telling a story. It's good to it's good to hear you say that because that's something that uh, would bring me back to that series is uh, going back to its roots of season one. Yeah, it goes back to telling a story. goes right in the stage, too. I think you'll enjoy good. it. Good, good. All right, Silver, what you have for us at number three? The only one I love more than Family Guy, which is Bob's Burgers. Of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nick, Nick is wearing the Bob's Burgers shirt right now, for those who can't see. And it is very nice. <laughs> it's very lovely. I have my Bob Belcher pop figure around here somewhere. Uh, behind me um that one is uh mine and my husband's favorite we'll sit and watch that one like it's on the tv almost 24 7 like while we're cleaning or doing uh you know working or whatever it's on the tv um this season it has it's just kept it's one of the only shows that hasn't had kind of a fallback like south park the simpsons and family guy it either stays the same or gets better Mm-hmm. And uh, season one opened with uh, an episode where uh, each scene was drawn by different artists, so it was in completely different styles, which for me as an artist was super, super cool. And it was just a great way to kick off the season. And, and um, you know, they've done their their usual Halloween, Thanksgiving, and Christmas specials, and their Christmas special was actually an hour long, um, 45 minutes uh, on Hulu. But, uh, you know, I, I've just... That's why I can never keep up with the shows you guys watch. I'm watching Investigation Discovery and Bob's Burgers. So <laughs> Nothing wrong with binging yep. Bob's Burgers. I do that all mm-hmm. the time. No. Yep. No, I've, been on, I've been on the Bob's Burgers kick for uh, a while now, and it's really great. And not, not saying it at all, but other people in my life who weren't watching Bob's Burgers bringing it up, like, oh, I really like this show, Bob's Burgers. And uh, so many people finding it, and loving it because it it's something like you can't recommend South Park and Family Guy to everybody. Some people's sensitivities are just going to be way too offended by those yeah. shows. They they aim to do that. That's part of their appeal. Bob's Burgers you can recommend to almost anybody because you have to be super sensitive to be offended by stuff in <laughs> Bob's Burgers because it's a it's about this functional dysfunctional family and uh, dysfunctional probably is even the wrong word for it they have their quirks and things like that and uh they're so well developed and defined characters that anybody can relate to this show and i'm really <coughs> glad that this show didn't just die because not enough people found it that it's found this audience has found this indication and people are, are flocking to it and enjoying it nick 
And when I binge watch it, I don't mind if my kids are, you know, 13 and 10 walking through the living room as it's on, like I'm doing chores, you know, mm-hmm. rewatching something. There's nothing really on there, like a family guy that I'd be kind of sensitive about for my children. Right. My favorite moment is yep. still uh, the night we were watching an episode and uh, my husband turned and looked at me and said, this is going to be our family someday. You know that, right? I'm like, yeah, we're already on the way. <laughs> Your daughter's always yep, going to wear yeah. bunny ears. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you start knowing the people that relate to, to Tina. Yeah. Um, oh, my God. Yeah. Tina is my spirit mm-hmm. animal. Like, no. Yeah, no, my uh, my ringtone on my phone is my ringtone on my phone is Gene singing a song. So. And it's it's been that way. It's been that for like almost two years now. Uh, it's been the same thing. That's beautiful. I love that Tina's your spirit animal. That <laughs> cracked me up. Especially lately, I just lay on the floor and groan. <laughs> but what are you? What is your feeling on butts, though? You know what? They're very nice. They're very nice. <laughs> Tina being the spirit. Nice. Uh, Damien, what's your number three? <laughs> Taboo season one. So There we go. Yeah, we're both, Dean and Damien both sitting with Taboo at number three. Such a great show. The finale just right. was, the finale just was one of the, some of the best <sighs> TV ever. Like, I remember when we talked about it, it was just so much hype. So good. It was so action packed and everything, like all of the, all of the uh, mystery boxes and secret stuff coming to fruition. It's like, ah, you don't see that enough in shows. No. Lost tainted so many of us with mystery boxes. This was like, I gave you a few of them, and now we're opening them all. Merry Christmas. Um, my number two uh, is Last Kingdom Season 2. We already covered it. Mine's way down uh, the line for me. I love sh- movie- shows like this that just are hit, 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 hit. Um, and that's what I love so much about this one. It had very little lull, and all of the content that was in it was fantastic. All right, Mr. Nick, what's your number two? Fargo season three, which we already touched on. I have enjoyed every single season along with the movie, and I'm glad they greenlit another season. I love that they're just a standalone. I don't think we mentioned that before, that Mm -hmm. each season is just a straight standalone, and every one is really held up. Um, I like season three better than season two. Um, Season one is still my favorite, but we'll see how season four goes. Right, exactly. I, I like season three better than season two, too, even though I like season two. I think season three and where it took place, the timeline, everything felt better. Yeah. I agree with that for sure. All right. Silver, you're number two. I actually did watch a new series for once this year. Usually when it comes to Hulu, I kind of stay away from their exclusives because they're just, they don't hold a candle to Netflix exclusives. However, Future Man was absolutely fantastic, especially if you're a fan of series like Family Guy that just aim to just offend the hell out of you but make you laugh as much as possible and mm-hmm. being a longtime josh hutcherson fan does not hurt uh because it's just so interesting <laughs> seeing him in that role after watching him in you know the hunger games and zathura and all these roles where he's this like innocent young man and y- you watch this and it's just you see a whole different side of him and it's just hilarious <laughs> insanely it, enjoyable yeah yep. Whole different side is an understatement. Yeah, yeah, he was. He played. Yeah, very, very <laughs> great role in this one, but very different than anything he's ever played. I, and I and it was felt natural. It didn't feel yeah. like he was going outside of his shell. He felt natural in it. Yeah, it I, was, I, yeah. 
that show was offensive oh, from I, I, lo- I love the series as well I was just gonna say that it just there was so much that went on this year that it was just it, it was it just kind of got nudged off the list but it really was a outstanding run and uh, just just good TV and not, not something you can watch with your kids <laughs> or your oh, parents no, oh, no. no. I, I thought especially it was especially later episodes yeah I was excited I was like oh yeah I'll watch this <laughs> nope <laughs> no yeah, and, uh, and what we're Get talking charged. about Get is uh, later on, there's some full frontal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which is great on a 4K TV, by the way. I laughed so hard it hurt. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, yeah, I, I enjoyed this one. Uh, and who people who don't know, Future Man was done by Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg. Um, so if you liked anything in, the, in that Seth Rogen universe... Um, then you're like this a lot because it has all the similar jokes of uh, a Seth Rogen movie joint. Um, so it, it does that, but it does it in this quantum leap vein of, of time travel and uh, and how they play time travel in this as well. I really liked it like so many times you can just fall flat and do it wrong. And I really liked how they played the back and forth in their time travel on this one. Uh, and... Yeah, Quantum Leap meets Last Starfighter is the best way to put Future Man, mm-hmm. done by Seth Rogen. So uh, if, if, you, if you like what I just said, go to Hulu and check out Future Man because uh, Silver has a great uh, recommendation on that show. Yeah, that was our pre-finals binge to prepare us for not ripping our hair out during finals. And it was definitely worth it. Um, the way I describe it when I tell people about it is it's like Seth MacFarlane uh, type comedy on steroids. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right, Mr. Damien, what do you have as your number two? Number two, I have, let's see. Game of Thrones. Yes. I have Game of Thrones as number two. <laughs> Sorry, we had a, we had issue with uh, with the cast member. But uh, yeah, no, uh, yeah, Game of Thrones is number two. I really liked it. I dig, I dig it. I'm hoping, uh, there's some mm-hmm. stuff that's coming out with Amazon that I'm hoping kind of fills the, the void. But, uh, yeah, Game of Thrones, awesome. We talked about it. Uh, you know, we'll be talking about it again in the future. <laughs> yep, we have one more season left when we get to finish it up. Yep. Hey, I saw, and I still have to catch up, so you'll get to hear my take eventually. <laughs> yep. yep, you have plenty of time to you have plenty of time to catch up before the last season because they're going to be taking a long time filming that one. All right. Um, now, for me, number one is a show that has not been mentioned yet. But I do want to take one very uh, friendly piece of uh, gumption on something Silver said that Hulu shows don't hold a candle. This year, Hulu made a turn. Um, we talked a little bit about Runaways, but that's going to be 2018 for me. Future Man, great. Handmaid's Tale won an Emmy for best, uh, for best Drama, and I think it was thoroughly justified, and that's why it's number one for me. It's a Hulu original that does a lot of things. It's an adult show. It's smart. It's uh, political, but not heavy-handed. Um, it's a very original. It's very intriguing, and it feels very real. It's it's it, it takes place in the near future, um, uh, where the U.S. is uh, the U.S. is split up, um, where basically a Couple of pe- a couple of groups take over some states and form their own country. And we're looking at the people 
who were took over the country and the people who were stuck there now having to be their slaves and working for them in this new world. And the one thing in this new world is the fact that very, very few women, a very small percentage of women can get pregnant. And that's the world that we live in uh, now. And that's the backdrop of this show. And you spent all of that together and make it really well done. That's why Handmaid's Tale is number one, because there is nothing like this I've ever seen on TV, nor would I ever thought I would see something like this on TV. Um, and uh, they have they have big shoes to fill, even following up with season one with them because of how strong it is. But I think they've set the table and have a, have a, a good table set for season two of Handmaid's Tale. Emmy nominated, right? Emmy won. Emmy won. Nice. It won. It won Best Picture, uh, or Best Best Drama. That's impressive. And yeah, Golden Globe a, nominated. That's impressive yeah. for a Hulu original. Mm-hmm. And against all the stuff that it was competing against, yeah. Um, yeah, your Game of Thrones and all of like, it, it, and all your uh, your top shows. Everything the, we've mentioned so far. A big critical. <laughs> yeah, Leftovers is a big critical fan. All the yeah, again, all the stuff we mentioned so far for it to win that. Um, I. I felt. I remember me and Chris. Cause I think Chris watched it right on that time. I was like, "Yeah, I get it. It's justified. Uh, why why this one? And I can definitely see that winning um, compared to some of the other shows on there. Just because not only was it good, but for award season, it hits all those points for uh, award voters too. Because <laughs> t- those t- those shows and movies tend to uh, fit uh, for award voters. This one was that. So yeah, it was it was a shoe in for winning there. Nice. All right. Uh, and Nick, what's your number one, sir? Uh, Game of Thrones season seven. I just think it's the best cast. I think it's the best crew. Um, it's the best written show. It's the best shot show. Um, it's the best mm-hmm. show that's held our interest for the last seven years. So it's going to have to. It, if I was on last year, it probably would have been my number one too. I don't think anything has surpassed it so far, just in quality. So it's my number right. one this year, Game of Thrones. Good, good, good. Uh, Silver, what's your number one? Well, if it isn't already obvious, I either go for dark or comedy. And uh, Netflix took one of my most favorite like book series of all time, which combines the two, and they redid a series of unfortunate events as a series instead of a movie. It covers the first three books in the series. And like, there's some changes, and normally... I'm uh, the one walking out of the theater, you know, like, oh, well, it was like this in the book. And I, I couldn't even complain about the few changes. Like, it was just so well done. And Neil Patrick Harris is just utterly phenomenal. It, it, it just, mm-hmm. like, because, you know, I always love Jim Carrey's version of uh, Count Olaf, but uh, Neil Patrick Harris does a really, really great job. And between the casting, the costuming, the the settings, everything, you know, is similar to how Nick feels about uh, Game of Thrones is how I felt about a series of unfortunate events because I've been reading the books for almost 15 years. So, for uh, and this was another one that we definitely binged. I think we watched uh, all of it in like a day and a half. And, uh, nice. And, you know, and what one thing I really like about Netflix originals is they are full hour episodes, not 43 minutes or 45 minutes. And uh, right. so it takes a while to get through unless you're, you know, you've got a weekend and it just came out like me. But uh, they just did such a great job with it. Nick? If it's a full hour and you did it in a day and a half, that's actually more impressive. 
but <laughs> Neil Patrick, yeah. Neil Patrick Harris, he, I love him and everything. Uh, my kid, my ten year old, watches this show, and uh, I've kind of seen an episode here or half an episode there. Everything I seen was, uh, I really enjoyed. Yeah, I I've seen the whole thing. I I really liked it. Um, it was really tough for me to get the song out of my head. <laughs> look away, look the the intro song for the longest time because it just. <laughs> And anytime anybody would say stuff like, look over here, and just look away would start playing in my head. Uh, <laughs> and originally when it started, I was like, ah, this is kind of like a weird song to start, but I, this is a weird show. But it, it that thing just implanted into my brain and I can't get it out. So, <laughs> And that's Neil Patrick Harris that sang too, right? That's yes. Thought, yeah, yeah, he sings that yeah. song. He's the yeah. best. The books have <laughs> a very unique aesthetic to them, which is an interesting you know, way to describe a book. But, like, everything you mm-hmm. picture over years and years of reading the series really came to life uh, uh, with Netflix. And, like, I, I enjoy the old movie, uh, which covered the first two books. But this one was just, it really, like, kind of, you know, it, it knocked it to the wayside. Especially because it's been greenlit for season two and it's covering the next three books. So that alone makes me very excited because I get to see past, you know, the second and third book. Uh, come to life finally <laughs> yeah damon you have a new show that we haven't talked about yet that's a year number number one it's my number one and it's another one that i mean it'll be also probably on 2018 because it's still can, it's not done yet but i'm talking about white famous white famous is insanely insanely good it's a continuation uh of the universe that uh that california cation took took place in and the writing and everything is just superb i mean they have so many characters though that they've they you know they've had the callback characters if you watch californication it's like each episode you'll pinpoint oh i I remember that fight oh that's that's a big character but he's just a little character here but they've also put in they have side characters that could hold like the the guy the, the main character uh, his roommate, Jay Farrow. Yeah, Jay Farrow, uh, the the actor that plays him. Uh, his roommate in the series, Balls, could totally have his own TV show, and I would I would watch it because this guy he's like a philosopher in a mailman form, and <laughs> he's a comedic genius too. Yeah, he is. I mean, it just they are so good with the writing that they are. I know we've said this in the podcast. You'll think something, and right when it pops in your head, it happens on the screen. Like they anticipate, they lead you and anticipate what their audience is going to think about, and then the humor and everything, or drama or anything else, happens right in front of you. And you're just like, wait, how did it really gets to you? Because you're like, how did they know what I was thinking? That is excellent writing. If you are looking, this is not something you can watch with kids around at all. But the humor. The comedy, the drama, it is everything in a tight little bow. That's so great, though, also because this is like a 25, 27 minute, uh, when you're streaming it, series that feels like you're watching like an hour long show. Like the amount of content that's in it is incredible, but you can get through it pretty quickly. And it is just outstanding. That's why it's my number one. Yeah, there's not a lot of lulls in that show. It kind of pushes forward very strongly in each episode. And for anybody that doesn't know Jay Farrow, a Saturday Night Live cast member that has left probably to do this show, 
He's an hilarious comedian. He has so many different impressions. I'm really, really happy for him that he's hit this show. One thing I noticed, uh, Damien, is that some of the critics were kind of bashing the show a little bit, and I didn't see it, and I was actually disappointed in that because they really showed where uh, Mooney would not put up with anybody's white guilt crap. Um, he really shut all that down very quickly, and I appreciated that. And for some reason, they seemed like they wanted more of it. I felt like he did it at every point. They, you know, every opportunity he had, he was shutting down. Either if it was, you know, his agent or the head of a, a studio, he would tell them right off to their face. He doesn't care. You know, he'll mm-hmm. let them know you're being dumb. You know, stop saying that. Yeah. Now this is uh, this is a Jamie. Uh... Jamie Foxx. Jamie Foxx produced. produced series. Okay. Man, good deal. That gives me uh, another. I knew you were, you were on it, but I didn't realize how strong it was seeing where it lands on your list. So it gives me even more incentive to, to go in and check out why famous. And uh, Nick is right. Uh, it is the reason that Jay Farrow left. Uh, Saturday Night Live is another one I've kept up with like my entire life. So I was a little sad when he left. But it's I'm yeah. glad to hear that uh, what he left for is succeeding. Yep. So many leave and they're like, "Oh, it's not succeeding. Come back." Yeah. <laughs> and that's and that's it for our TV shows uh, section of 2017 in review. So we lost Silver's audio here for selections 10 through 4 for the movie year in review. What we did was cut out those discussions we had, and I'm gonna go ahead and list them here in a little bit. And also some of the dialogue on the other movies covered where Silver conversed in had to be edited and chopped and so it might get a little weird but i think i got most of that covered in the edit so for silver's list she had number 10 captain underpants number nine split number eight beauty and the beast number seven the devil's candy number six jumanji welcome to the jungle number five it and number four pirates of the caribbean sorry if anything sounds weird on this and i hope you enjoyed the rest of the podcast now, uh, we're going to jump into movies. Uh, same format, uh, top 10, moving on down, same order. And uh, I'm just going to jump right in and do my number 10. My number 10 was Split, which uh, for me was uh, surprising to see an M. Night Shyamalan joint uh, actually be enjoyable considering how long of a run he had of stuff that I couldn't even get through or laugh my way through. Um, Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> Oh man, there's so many bad things uh, he did. The last but, Airbender. But this, he, he, yeah, last <laughs> Air. Pu- pulling back to his roots of going smaller scale, uh, simple plot but intriguing. It has the M Night Shyamalan twist in there, but also with just an amazing acting job. And so that's why I think Split uh, lands to my top ten because of the fact that. You, you had all this intrigue going on there with some really great acting on top of it. I didn't guess the plot twist uh, that twist in coming, and I enjoyed it uh, the whole time. I don't think uh, anybody but, could guess that plot, plot list, and I think that's either like 11 or 12 for me for the year. I really like Split, and I liked where it went, and I'm looking forward to where it's going. I, I agree completely. Yep. It's right around that same spot. I mean, it, like I said, a lot of good good films, a lot of ones that made you think. And it it's right up there with me, man. I, I really enjoyed the acting that was done in that, and just the whole whole aspect of it was phenomenal. Yep, yep, yep. All right. Uh, moving on to Nick's number 10. 
uh, John Wick 2. I love Keanu Reeves. I think he's just a good human being, so I had to throw him in here. But I really love John Wick 1. John Wick 2 fell off for me a little bit. It kind of, but it, it's, it doesn't apologize for what this movie is. It's a shoot 'em up movie from start to finish. It just, it just pal drives you all the way through. Um, and I love Keanu Reeves, so that's why it's in my top 10. And I, I love shoot 'em up movies. The movie Shoot 'em Up, I loved. Uh, uh, I love so that I, one too. <laughs> So I know this plot on this one is a little, I mean, the first movie, uh, somebody kills his dog, so he goes and kills half a country. And then this movie, somebody uh, burns down his house, so he kills another country. I mean, I get it. There's not much there, but I, I just enjoy them. They're fun to watch. You know, they're entertaining. Yep. And I like that they set up this universe because uh, it, it became this type of violence and no repercussions. Yeah. Is like, why is there no repercussion happening? And then they set up in John Wick 2. No, this is not your universe you live in. This is a society where uh, assassins and mob people have a separate society than everybody else uh, and operate with separate rules. And that's why they can get away with it. And I like that they set that up because it allows them to get away with more stuff. And, mm-hmm. and, and they show you that there is a hierarchy of some sort in this assassin mm-hmm. world, you know? Yeah. And, but yep. one of the things that, I absolutely loved about this uh, is that John Wick doesn't really feel like you're watching. Like, yeah, you're watching a film, but this is Keanu Reeves. Like, if you watch what he does, like what he trained, how he trains for fun, you know, that's. I, if you've seen any of his videos on YouTube, his shooting videos and his competition videos, you watch this and you're like, oh, okay, this is Keanu Reeves. There is no difference between between John Wick and Keanu. That's that is Keanu. All right, Damien, what's your number 10? Number 10 for me, I actually, another this is another case of I wish I would have saw it in theaters. I didn't get a chance to. Even with people telling me, you got to go see it. I know, you know, we grew up watching, and it's Power Rangers. Uh, grew up watching the TV show. When I saw the, I, I listened to some of the, the critics, you know, see bad CGI and stuff like that. So I didn't go see it. I just watched it today and I'm like, this, I got, I, I had different mixed emotions with it. Uh, it there's a couple scenes that I actually got teary eyed on. One of the characters reminds me very much. There, there's a few different, a lot of personalities behind the characters, and they're deep. And so there's one character that acts one way that reminds me of my middle son. But then there's another character that his portrayal or his character, his background, reminds me of my middle son. So I get I get a connection to that the, the characters in it, and one character in particular, and it just. It felt like I was watching a like almost like a sequel to Chronicle, up until they actually don their suits and everything. And that when I was there, don put on the suits and everything, I was like, eh. But in the end, in the end, it had me thinking. It had me go through a range of emotions. So it had to come in on my top ten just because if something gets me to go get teary eyed, I have to mention it. Well, I, I like Power no. Rangers too, and uh, I thought Billy played a much nicer character in in this series than he did in Stranger Things. He was much nicer to his friends. Um, it, I watch. I grew up you, watching hey, it hey, too. Billy was nice in Stranger Things to the mom. <laughs> no, that, <laughs> <laughs> okay, creepily another creepy. Oh, that was so creepy to me. Yeah. Uh, or just a weird scene. Um, Power Rangers. I grew up with it. Um, enjoyed it as a child. My kids enjoy it. Um, so I was really happy when it came out again. I didn't see it in the theaters. I waited until it came home and I watched it with my 10 uh, year old son and my 13 year old son and my wife. She grew up with it too. And 
it wasn't as bad as people say it was. I I enjoyed it. It was it was it was what it was. It's a Power Ranger movie. It's enough for him to do another one. Uh yeah, and I'm glad. Oh, I'm yeah. glad. Nice. I didn't realize it was greenlit. That's good. Now, number nine for me, going into the cartoon realm, Lego Batman movie. Uh, love the first Lego movie. Uh, love the Batman character, and I like their take on this car- on this Batman of the uh, the the lonely lone wolf warrior. Um, and you know, had never seen this take in a movie. And being a, a animated one, being a comedy, it allowed them to really delve into that and tell an interesting story about. Batman and that part of his personality, but also be just be slapstick and silly and poke fun at the entire comic book, everything in, in general. Um, and I, I enjoyed Lego Batman movie thoroughly. I think I've seen it three times now. Nice. And, uh, yeah, it's, I mean, because it's it's available in a lot of places, yeah. so I've been catching it a few times, especially with my my daughter. So it's it's something that I uh, she can watch too. So that's been good. Yeah, I think I've seen it twice also, Cajun. I really enjoyed it. Um, my 10-year-old really loves it. I actually like the video game that kind of went with it. I played with him a bunch with it. So I enjoy that whole world, man. Mm-hmm. The the Lego games, you can't go wrong with those. Like It doesn't matter what age you are. You're going to find enjoyment in them. I still step on Legos. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They, they, Lego makes special shoes for that now. They do, they do. Do they really? Are you serious? Yeah, they do. Yeah, they're big. They're big square house shoes with like hard bottoms. So you. Oh, I gotta buy a pair. All right, what's your number nine, Nick? Um, another Edgar Wright movie that I really enjoyed. I I love Edgar Wright, which is Baby Driver. Um, you know, this movie has a lot to do with the music that's in it and the main character mm-hmm. having tinnitus and having to wear headphones as he drove um, and did, you know, jobs for uh, Kevin Spacey, you know, bank jobs, different, you know, arm, a Robin arm car. Um, mostly what I liked about it is the stylistics that Edgar shoots as there's a scene where they're robbing an armored truck and uh, he just baby just kind of pulls the car up a little bit and you just kind of watching him dance as there's this whole scene going on behind you. And you're just looking at a him kind of just bobbing his head in a bush. And then as the robbery's kind of over, he kind of backs up as the music's playing. And he times it out perfectly as they get in the car. I just love that type of stuff with Edgar Wright. And uh, I, it's one of my favorite Edgar Wright movies now. It's, it's not top three, but, it's, you know, I think four for me. Nice. And it also hits my top ten list over the year. <laughs> Yeah, I I enjoy Baby Driver. I like I like John Hamm's character in it too. He has yeah. some good twist in it. Jamie Foxx's um, character too was good. Oh yeah, Jamie Foxx's yeah. character. So yeah, the style of this one was really nice for a heist movie. It's what it was. You got you got a good heist movie out of it. Um, and actually, uh, there was two good heist movies this year. And actually, neither one made my top ten list, but uh, um, made a lot. Baby Driver and Logan Lucky were the two big ones. Neither one made my top ten list, but tons of critics love both of those two hype movies, and both are really well done. I think Logan Lucky's twelve or thirteen for me. I really like that one too. <laughs> yep, and I, I'm I'm surprised I didn't see it. I only saw it recently this week because I've been seeing it in people's top ten lists. I was like, I have to see this. I'm like, okay, yeah, it is Ocean's Eleven with hillbillies. That's basically yeah, what it, it really is. is. Yep, yeah. Yep, yeah. Yep, yep, yep. All right, now uh, Damien. Your number nine is is another one that, like Logan Lucky earlier, appeared on so many critics' top lists. I'm like, how 
did I not see this? That's how I felt. So yeah, I actually just saw it today, and I'm like, my, I'm like, oh my god, why didn't see? I was so angry that I didn't see it in theaters because of the fact the visuals. Seeing that in 4K on a big screen TV, or not, I mean, not TV, but in a theater, and the sound effects, the music just hits, hits, hits. It's just, it felt like I was watching, and I've seen every version of Blade Runner, the Renegade. I've seen all the different cuts, and the music just hit. The, everything was was spot on. Now it's like a three hour long movie. Like it's it's actually I think three mm-hmm. hours. Top clocks in, so it's it's a long movie. And it feels like there's two movies kind of kind of connected together. The uh, but it is so well done. It feels like I could watch. You could watch Blade Runner, and then Blade, blah, Blade Runner twenty forty nine in concession, and you would be able to be like, this is the same. This is just years ahead of time, but this is the same universe. Everything the little little callbacks to certain things from the the first one to this one just fit together so well. Character development so well done. Little uh, the twists that they give you, all the way up to the very end when you're just like, and then everything just comes together. Very very well done. I don't know why. Like I know it went up against a lot of other films when it came out, but it was interesting because it didn't do it as well. This is one of those blockbusters that was critically it did well critically, but. It didn't do as well for the money side, so right. I think yeah, and I missed it because no people weren't saying go see this movie. Yeah, they're saying yeah, it's good, and then talking about other stuff. And but I'm seeing it on these lists. I'm like, why weren't people saying go see this movie? Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I think we got. I think it kind of came out the time that everybody was talking about how much they were tired of remakes. That might have took a hit on Blade Runner 2049. Um, everybody was point. everybody mm-hmm. was that conversation and that uh, talking point was out there a lot in the media, so maybe that hurt it. I don't know. I didn't see it either, and I, I wish I would. Now that Damien has on the list, I, I'm gonna go watch it now. Yeah, I mean every 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 character in there, every every role. This is another one of those ones where the character, where the actors, you know, got into their characters very deeply. Um, uh, just watch it. I don't want to give too much away. <laughs> yeah, exactly, and and yeah, two like I've said, like I said, a few of the lists had it at number one. People I follow uh, on like YouTube reviews, like how did I miss this being as good as it is? Um, mainly because I might not have watched the reviews of it because of the fact that I might I was interested in seeing it, but then I just didn't go. So yeah, power, partly my fault too. Um, my number eight is uh, Dunkirk. Uh, Dunkirk for me is just one giant battle action sequence and the best war action, battle action sequence I think you're ever going to see. It doesn't have the character development uh, you're going to see in your Saving Private Ryan's or your Band of Brothers series, stuff like that, because it takes its time to do very realistic uh, war, one very famous war battle, and do the different fronts of it and cover it in such a way that it's you can't take your eyes off the screen it's completely intriguing and um it's probably in terms of blockbusters of the year yeah in terms of blockbusters when you consider like the hundred million dollar plus movies it is by far in that category the highest rated one on metacritic and rotten tomatoes so uh dunkirk sits there at my number eight I'm only an hour in, but one thing I wanted to say about it is that the music 
it kind of puts you on the edge of the seat right at the beginning of it. And when you were like, this movie's just starting. Why is it just, it just kind of hit you a little bit. And I was like, what's going to happen? They played the music like something big was going to happen every second. And it really wasn't. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed that. Yeah. Yeah. And get and get through it because I'm surprised you were able to I turn will. that off because that is just one giant action sequence. I had to go to bed. All right. What's... <laughs> You're like, I, I, yeah, I hear those feelings too. Uh, all right. What's your number eight, Nick? Uh, the Big Sick. It's uh, a movie made by Kanel Nanjami and his wife, uh, Emily. And it's the story about him, how him and his wife met. Um, this is on a lot of top ten lists. A lot of critics love this mm-hmm. movie. I really, really enjoyed this. Um, Kamal is a Pakistani um, who was actually born in Pakistan and moved to America. Um, and Emily is a white Christian, and dating him causes a lot of uh, you know controversy with his family. His family is very traditional, where they still set each other up with you know their their husband or wife. And his mom is constantly bringing women in at every dinner that bring these little sets of cards with their picture and like their bio. It's almost like Tinder in real life that he has to go through. Um, I really like that 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 dynamic of it. What happens in this movie is that Emily falls ill. She hits a coma. And it's not a lot of Emily in this movie. It's a more uh, Kanil Namjami movie. But uh, Ray Romano plays Emily's uh, father. And Holly Hunter plays her mother. And they're so good. Ray Romano plays the dad that tells the bad jokes that don't really hit. But we know he's really funny. And Kanil is an actual stand-up, comedy in, uh, stand-up comedian in the movie. Uh, just a really, really good comedy slash drama movie that I've seen this year. Um, nice. If you guys haven't seen it, Ray Romano is is fantastic, and I really enjoyed him. Oh, that's definitely check it out. Yeah, Big Sick actually hit a meme recently. Um, so I don't know if you caught this on Twitter, but uh, uh, yeah, this is all because uh, it's on general. Um, how how do I best put this? Um, people tweeted Pornhub that uh, that you why are you airing Big Sick on uh, have it available on Pornhub for free? Uh, you need to take it down. And Pornhub tweeted to Kamel Nandanjami that we're really sorry. Uh, somebody posted here. We'll take it down immediately. And he tweeted right back. No, that's okay. You can leave it up. <laughs> <laughs> if, if that's that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a Twitter card. He tweeted back like it's okay. You can leave it up. Yeah, that's I'm, 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 I'm ad libbing the words, but that's basically what happened. Yeah, I love Camille. He, yeah, I love him so much, especially in the, uh, the yeah. HBO. He was show, good. So he also Saturday Night Live this season, and he did a good job. He's in Lord right. of the Rings game too. What Camille Nanjiami's in Lord of the Rings? In the game, yeah. Oh, in oh, the game, Shadows of Motor. Oh, yeah, he's a voice. Yeah. All right, moving on to uh, number eight for Mr. Damien. What you have in your number eight, sir? John Wick 2, a little Keanu Reeves action. We already talked about it, but yeah, it's a good movie. Check it out. Can't wait for the third. Yep. Pure action awesomeness. Uh, number seven for me is Wonder Woman. Um, this one would have been higher in every way, shape, and form if not for its third act, uh, the final villain and uh, action sequence with him. Um, I felt like it became a little too flat for me. And so that's why it got pushed back down. But everything else, uh, um, the first two acts were comic book movie perfection. And I really enjoyed that. And 
so did the box office and so did so many people uh so yeah it's so good it's yeah it's up there yeah gal was fantastic as wonder woman she's the best thing in jla period right now for me um i didn't like the villain either i didn't like uh the mysterious gas lady i thought she was too corny for me almost um there's one scene where they throw a bunch of gas and kill all the generals and he throws a gas mask and she says that's not gonna help he's like i know and i'm like ah that's so it was just bad so i kind of agree with you that third act kind of fell for me a little bit too right yep but everything else yeah exactly gal carry that one all right number seven for you nick yeah guardians of the galaxy this is kind of the galaxy's galaxy volume two this is going to be the kind of same thing wonder woman with you cajun where i I liked the first act a lot, and then the middle kind of got slow for me, and then the third act kind of fell flat a little bit for me. Um, I still super well enjoyable ensemble cast. Um, I like the new characters added in. Uh, I didn't really care for Sylvester Stallone, <laughs> his 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 character, <laughs> uh, his acting nowadays. It just it always throws me off. It's like ah, oh, it's Rocky. Rocky's on the screen. If you want Sylvester, Adrian. if you want Sylvester Stallone, you just got to follow him on Instagram now. The guy's hilarious with his Instagram photos and videos. <laughs> um, other than that, Chris Pratt, I I really enjoy him. I love Rocket Raccoon in these movies and uh, Baby Groot in that first opening scene as they're fighting the monster and he's dancing around. It is one of the best openings to a movie period for me. I really, really loved it. And then after that, it was a, that, that raised the bar so high for me, that opening sequence. And it kind of fell a little bit. So that's the only reason, but that's why I got a number seven. Yeah. It, it was a good one. It just didn't wound. Like you said, it's one of those ones where the first one, easy top 10, this yeah. one just, it, it was fighting, but there's some other things that won out for me. Yeah, I, I enjoyed that one a lot. You'll see it later on my list. Uh, and just kind of quickly on that one, because I'm not going to cover it, uh, why I liked it later was because it had all of the originality, the style, the feel, the friendship, the camaraderie, the music. It had all the stuff the first one had in it. Um, and that's why I liked it. But it also it did some stuff with uh, the villain and how they actually played Ego and what his motivations were. Um, that I that I liked, and um, I do I did like its third act turn for a villain compared to Wonder Woman's. I, I thought it was uh, it was strong. It, it took it took a little bit of comic book reaching uh, to to kind of see it all, but I think it explained it well, and that's kind of where uh, why I liked it so much and where it's at for me uh, later down on my list. Yep, number seven, Damien. Wonder Woman. <laughs> one this yep. was one of those films I wish I would have saw in theater. It was i mean it's it's every it it harley harley quinn and wonder woman it's what dc's got going for him yep and that music man her oh, I know. that horn is oh, oh and the shield like, slide and i'm just like Yep. One thing I want to mention about Wonder Woman too, and you're talking about Frank Castle earlier is that gal is the embodiment of Wonder Woman now just right. like john is for yeah. frank castle now yep Mm-hmm. Can't can't picture anybody else playing it. Yep, can't Correct. say the same about anybody else in JLA. Uh, like Robert Downey Jr.'s for Iron Man, can't picture anybody else playing that role. They just embody it. Okay. Yep. All right. Um, my number six is uh, Spider-Man: Homecoming. Um, 
really really like this Spider-Man, but for me, it, it didn't move higher up. And I thought when I originally watched it, it would have, but it didn't stand the test of time for me um, and compared to some of uh, the other ones because it felt like it was just a good intro movie. And I think there's going to be more coming. Um, the plot twist of who the main villain was in Spider-Man's world was completely surprising and I think caught a lot of people off guard because of how we watch movies and how we have our own set kind of prejudices. And I really like that. I like Peter Parker's characterization more than anybody and, and played him as a kid, which we never got to see. And we didn't have to see Uncle Ben die again. Yes. They did. Yes. <laughs> that was so great. What were your thoughts on this one? <laughs> yes. Yeah. I, I'm really glad they didn't do the whole start over thing. And Marissa Tomei playing his younger, a little bit younger aunt uh, worked really well for me because he was being a younger child. And I like high school Peter Parker. I was just going to say, mm-hmm. uh, Marissa Tomei playing his Aunt May, it really worked for me too. No, no, you're saying it wrong. He's, he's not playing his Aunt May. He's playing hashtag hot Aunt May. Yes, hot Aunt May. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, How do you say MILF with an know. aunt? I don't know. <laughs> no, no, it's it's uh, like Marissa Tomei has always been uh, attractive in all of her roles. She's done a great job and, and great essence in them as well too. But you, Aunt May is always the maternal, elderly, graying. Yeah, and and you get to see hot Aunt May. You get to see Aunt May, and like Nick said, because of his age, she doesn't have to be seventy. Yeah. She's no. his aunt. She yeah. can be forty. Yeah, she's not twenty years older than his mother. Nick, what's your number six? Uh, Wonder Woman. And I just got it a little bit higher than Guards of the Galaxy. I just enjoyed the first two acts a little bit, like you talked about, more than the third act. And I enjoyed them a little bit more than Guardians of the Galaxy. That's the only reason I got them flip-flopped there. Yeah, first two are fantastic in Wonder Woman. Now, speaking of movies coming out in December and adding to our list, uh, Damien's on quite a trail of movies he just saw this month making it to his top ten list. We have another one right here. Uh, what you got? Bright. Uh, my first first watch through of this line, we, we were excited about this when we saw the preview oh, uh, yeah. you know, during the Super Bowl. And it came out. Now, this is, this is a film that it's, you know, a lot of critics are saying it's the worst movie of 2017, and I will argue that completely. Like I'm, like I watched it when I my first watch through of it. Now I'm a huge fan of the genre of mixed mixed reality with uh, fantasy, and but to see how well this was done, and then to see how they portrayed the different racial tensions and things like that. Now you got like Chance the Rapper that came out that he's like he's like I put it down like I can't believe that they did this and they he makes a reference to to like you know fairy lives matter or fairy lives don't matter and having a having Will Smith say that as a cop you know and everything that was poor poor judgment. I say watch this get all that stuff out of your head. You watch this film, it will make you think. The fact and mm. The, for those people who don't want to think about the stuff that's on the news, don't want to think about that, but they want to see a fantasy film, they're going to watch this, and it's going to make them think the second, you know, think the next time they see something going on on the news. They're going to actually think maybe I need to watch this, maybe I need to go down and talk, and make some try to do something to make some change happen, and that's what this does. This movie is just as much 
action and you know, action and drama as much as it also is an activism film. And it is done very, very well. Your first time, my first time watching it through, I rated it like a 6.5. I said, I have to watch it again. I've watched it two times. Now I'm going to, getting ready to watch it the third with my family. Um, they haven't watched it yet with me. Now, my first, my second time through, it shot to an eight because of just, there's like, I have a cup. My only reason it's not higher on my list or anything is because mainly because there's a few scenes, there's like two or three scenes where I think Will Smith may have been having a bad day or whatever. His performance seemed a little bit off kilter in comparison to some of the other stuff. But one thing is Joel Egerton, and it might, this might be because Joel Egerton's in full prosthetics, you know, makeup and everything. Uh, Mm Mm-hmm. He plays the orc partner, and he is in character all the time, and he plays it so well. So I'm just saying, you guys, anybody, anybody, this is on Netflix. This is a Netflix original. This is their first really try for a big, you know, blockbuster style film. It it's gotten a lot of a lot of uh, flack, but they already greenlit it for a sequel. And because I mean, they've had enough people watch it, so they have. Even though they spent 90, 90 million on it. It has got enough people going on to Netflix just to watch it that there it has been greenlit for a sequel. I I can't say enough good things about it. I don't agree with I, I you know I you can't watch this and try to find things to be angry about. Try try to things to be offended about. Watch it with a clear with a clear mind, and it'll get you thinking. Now, speaking of movies that people have to watch with an open mind and get you thinking, we're going to get into one now that has a lot of that cut dialogue happening. And that is my number five, and also Nick's number five, uh, Star Wars The Last Jedi. Um, I watched this uh, opening night and was thoroughly surprised seeing the social media reaction unfold and seeing uh, friends on Facebook uh, and people I follow on Twitter and media posts and how uh, hated it was to some of them. When I was like, I, this was not that for me at all. And uh, I liked all the twists and turns it made. And it's, it's definitely a polarizing film, and for me, surprisingly so, um, because of all of the people in previous Force Awakens saying, I want something different, I want something different. Well, this is definitely something different. Um, and now having to deal with it. So um, what were your thoughts on it? Because I know a lot of people have seen it, and actually it's on all <laughs> well, of our lists at various points. Everybody has a problem with every Star Wars film. That's what I'm, I just get from another Star Wars film, is that every Star Wars fan has an opinion, and everybody does have an opinion. I'm not the biggest Star Wars fan out there. I don't know a lot of the lore. I don't study it. I don't know a thing. So I just go into these movies very open-minded. That's why Rogue One's one of my favorite movies of last year. Um, last Jedi, I really liked this movie. I thought it was a good Star Wars movie. I, I don't think it's a great Star Wars movie. I think it's a good Star Wars movie. Um, probably like my fourth or fifth favorite Star Wars film now. Um, I really enjoyed... Um, the interaction between Ray and Luke Skywalker. I enjoyed the little island with the caretakers and the little 
chickens that Chewbacca is going to eat. And uh, I, I liked mm-hmm. all that stuff. It's uh, had some funny moments I could see they put in there for, you know, the next generation. And I could see where they added in some stuff to get the next. I watched it with my 10 year old and I looked at my wife and go, this this part's for him. This is for him. And this is for him to carry on into, mm-hmm. you know, the next movie and the next movie after that. Yeah. Yep. Uh, I I liked all the change because here's the thing: it's like the last movie. Yeah, people, you know, or, or the 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 episode nine, or is it? No, seven eight. episode. Yeah, episode seven. Last one was seven. seven. Yeah. This one, this was eight. eight. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So episode seven, people were like, "Oh yeah, I love it," but oh, this was copying. This was copying the last. You know, this was copying this so much here, here, and here. So then they did. They went and they changed it. They pushed and he changed a lot. And, you know, here's the thing. If Disney wants to continue Star Wars, which we know they do, they're building a Star Wars land for, you know, and a Star Wars cruise. Both things where you actually go in character. So we know that they want Star Wars to be around even longer probably than they want Marvel Marvel films to be around, you know. This is something that they want as their, their core. Well, in order to do that, you're going to have to break some eggs. You have to step aside from the core story that we follow the Skywalkers. We follow this. We follow this. You have to blaze a new trail. And it's going to make some people angry. But if you want this to stay around and have legs, it can't always be about the same family. Now, the thing about yeah. that, though, is is that now there's a question. Originally, everybody's like, we know that they brought Revan in as canon. We know that he, that Rian Johnson is one of his favorite story arcs is the Revan saga. So everybody's like, yes, we're getting the Old Republic, which would be amazing. But now there's that question. If you stayed through to the end of the scenes, you see you, in the film, you saw a kid and he uses, oh, Cajun. Uh, I. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, I think Ryan Johnson said he's they're not doing the Old Republic in his trilogy. Well, then then we probably know already because then they've already clued us into who it's probably going to be about. There's a little boy that... Because it means a new... I mean, it needs a new rise of Jedi. And, like, you know, so that's that's something that I'm, I'm fine with. I'm fine with new. Yeah, because Ray's... Ray's uh, the actress that plays Ray, I don't have her name right now, but she meant... Daisy Ridley. Yeah, she mentioned that she was only signed on to do three movies, and she felt like that would be her story arc. So, obviously, they have to take it somewhere else. I don't know if she'll sign on for more, but that's just what she said in an interview that I read. Um, and I, I love that last scene of that little boy just holding up that broom and looking out to the stars and with that, re, uh, you know, the rebellion ring. Uh, that was really, I really, really enjoyed that. Yeah, I mean, and it was the force pull of the broom to his hand, like, and it was so yep. slight. It was so slight. That if you if you blinked you missed it, but if you saw it you're just like you're like he's gonna be a Jedi. Oh! <laughs> now we covered a lot of the best stuff. Uh, what I felt and why it actually moved down on me was the whole uh, Finn Rose sequence. Why they left, how they left, what they did while they were gone. Yeah, I felt a lot of that was a MacGuffin um, to lead to some of the stuff that happens later and. At, on a budget of this movie size and it being Star Wars, um, I think a lot of people could have written that better. And I've seen a lot of people say, you could have done it like this, that, or the other. And any of those things I felt could have fit a little better in the movie than that side mission. Because I felt myself scratching my head, why are they doing this, questioning stuff. Oh, that's kind of cool. And then getting back into the main story because the main story had some of the best 
interesting scenes, dialogue choices, fights that we've ever seen. The back-to-back lightsaber sequence, the ship through the other. Uh, yeah. Um, not, I'm not, I don't want to give away spoilers, sorry. Um, and so <laughs> the... <laughs> I got ahead of myself there. Yeah. <laughs> and so they had all these awesome sequences. And then they had all this this stuff in the middle. And, I, and for the most part, I think the people that I've, I've read comments about and talked to that didn't like it, it's that. And it's partly because they didn't like the side mission. And some of them are, have been very open to that. It's very politically motivated why they don't like it because the side mission says capitalism is bad and uh, treating animals as racehorses is bad and this, that, the other. And I don't need that in my Star Wars movie. And I, I, exactly. It was very light. It was very light handed uh, saying that. But some people are very sensitive to the, the to any of that stuff in their life, and if you say anything against their uh, preconceived notions of how the world should be, they riot mm-hmm. in their head uh, and with their wallet. And those people in my social media, uh, almost to a man, are are against it. And so I, I definitely can see where not where they're coming from in their shoes, but I can see that there's there's a there's a trend along those lines, Nick. Yeah, if you listen to Geekologist Radio's spoiler cast of The Last Jedi, Chris Toolwolf mentions that exact point, Cajun, of that side mission kind of just happened because they were not communicating on the on the you know on the uh, mm-hmm. the ship. The commander and Pope just didn't communicate. If they just communicated, that side mission might have never happened, you know, because at the end, Pope was like, "Oh yeah, that was a good plan." <clears throat> so I, when I saw him say that the the Leia, like, "Oh yeah, that is that is a good plan," I was like. Well, all they had to do was communicate, and then there would have been none of that side mission. But obviously, we needed the side mission. Yeah, it's supposed to no plot hole. Basically, if 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 this plot point right here can be fixed with a post-it note, don't put it in your movie. And it could have, so it shouldn't have been in the movie. Damien, uh, I just wanted to say one thing: is if any some people had issues with the porgs, and I wanted to make a make the, those people who had issues with that. There's a reason why they're there. And that's because everywhere that they filmed on that little island, there were puffins. And so every time you see porgs, those are puffins that were replaced. And then they then they liked they liked what the puppets and stuff they created so much that they actually included them in with a Chewbacca kind of story arc with it. But <laughs> they're for they're for kids though. They're so you can you can buy this stuffed animal for my ten year old son. Or you know that's what it's for. Yeah. Wait, they're not for, they're not they're not for eating. They, uh, Chewbacca for thinks eating? they are, but I don't want to no, ruin that. Just, he just might or might not have. He might or not might have yeah. uh, eaten a couple. Yeah. Days. One of my coworkers said that better not been a pork Chewbacca was about to eat him. Like it probably was. I'm like, oh, those things are too cute. Don't eat them. <laughs> <laughs> he gave him the big eyes. Yeah. What? They're, oh they're, yeah, they gave the uh, puss in boots big eyes. Yeah. <laughs> There, there are some funny scenes in The Last Jedi, and uh, I have it on my number five, too, so we'll just move on to to, uh, to me on that number five, and I know you said that, Cajun. I, there's one mm-hmm. scene, though, when Rey, and you see in The in the Force Awakens where Rey finally meets Luke Skywalker, and she hands him, you can see it in The Force Awakens, she hands him the lightsaber. And what happens, I don't want to spoil it, but what happens in The Last Jedi just made me laugh out loud in the theater. <laughs> I was like, yeah. and that's for the kids too. That's, that's, I thought it was funny and I thought it was for the kids, but I really enjoyed it. <laughs> yep, yep, because in the trailers they say something. They say, this is not going to go the way you think, and they say it. And they couldn't have been more right 
So uh, I, enjoy, I enjoyed that part of it big time. All right. for Because uh, it's on all of our lists. We covered that one a, a little more in depth than we had some other movies. And plus, there's a lot to talk about. There's a lot of opinions and things to discuss on it. But Mr. Damien, what's your number five, sir? Oh, my number five is Spider-Man Homecoming. So I nice. loved it, but we've already talked to it. We've talked about it, so. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Now, moving on to number four, uh, this one's one we haven't talked about yet, but it has been talked about a lot in many circles. It's Get Out. Psychological thriller at its best. Um, We talked about in the previous one, um, for me, Star Wars The Last Jedi, this is not going to go the way you think. Um, Get Out is that, except it doesn't tell you that before. Um, Like most people know now, it's not going to go the way you think. Um, But for me seeing it the first time, I was not aware of that. And... Uh, to the full extent and I was very pleasantly surprised to see all the twists and turns this movie took um, the boldness of it um, how somebody like me who pays attention to small details missed some in this that that were hints as to what was coming and so because I was paying attention to other stuff and this gives me a lot of hope for uh, what Jordan Peele can do in the future uh, especially with Lovecraft Lovecraft Country coming to HBO, which he's working on J.J. Abrams. So I'm excited about this one. Nick? Yeah, the, the social the social context in it and the racial context in it is, is there too, and I appreciated some of that. Um, <laughs> for growing up in the neighborhoods that I grew up with and playing basketball my whole life, uh, guys that I play ball with always called neighborhoods like my grandma lived in. Where, uh, I'm not going to that white neighborhood. So I understood when he was telling his buddy, like, hey, man, I'm going into this territory. I'm not really sure what I'm getting myself into. I don't think there's a lot of <laughs> black guys out here. I completely understood what <laughs> – I didn't completely understand what he was saying, but I've heard it before, and I understood the the, the, the you know the context. Um, also, this is a deep um, – <clears throat> this is a deep game because he doesn't live in that town. Either does the girl, and they got to have a long-lasting relationship for her to actually pull him into not I, I forget how long it was but they play a long game here they're getting into it and to even start this movie you got to look back like were they dating for like three months and then she finally got him to go to the parents house that's a long game to uh play to uh make this work and even like you say Cajun, like i think it was like an hour in i still was like i'm not sure where this is going like hour and 15 hour and 20 not sure i'm not sure i'm not sure where it's going yet mm-hmm yeah, and yep. this one made and like, two. Oh. Yeah, this one made two hundred fifty-four million off a budget of four point five million. Um, this is shows you that you can have a great uh, grossing movie on a short budget if you have good directing, good writing, good acting. You don't need the superhero. There's no Captain America in this film. Nope. Um, in terms of the big grossing ones, uh, no Dunkirk. In terms of think, grossing over a hundred million. Um, uh, Dunkirk is higher, yeah. But there's like all these small, uh, in terms of like smaller budget movies, there's some there's, there's plenty of them that have like ten out of ten ratings because they always have those because there's only a few critics that actually rate them. But in terms of like uh, tons of ratings, uh, um, on, and I'm going by Metacritic now. Uh, it's Dunkirk. Now, maybe on Rotten Tomatoes it's more because Rotten Tomatoes bases on fresh or not fresh, while Metacritic is a true average. Yeah, and I tend to go Metacritic just because of Rotten Tomatoes be such a go no go rating system. And but, but like I said, tons of other sites, Flickster and others use they pull from Rotten Tomatoes in their rating system. So that's what 
a lot of people are exposed to. But when I'm actually researching it, I'll, I'll go to Meta just because it's it's more of a pure average. And I'm an engineer and I deal with numbers. <laughs> Moving on, Nick, what you have for your number four, sir? Uh, something we already talked about. I just the reason I have Spider-Man: Homecoming at four. I just enjoyed it a little bit more than Wonder Woman. Um, I'm more of a comic Marvel fan, so I put it ahead of Last Jedi. Um, so that's the reason I got it at number four. I just really, I thought it was the best rendition of Spider-Man since Spider-Man 2, I think. So, good movie. All right. Uh, now moving on to uh, Damien's number four. And actually from here on out, it's uh, all uh, repeat coverage except for one. We'll let you all see that one later. Uh, but what's your number four, Damien? My number four is it. So, <laughs> it, it was a great film. Moving into number three for me, and I know I said something earlier about uh, not having repeat stuff, but I missed up on that. It's Logan. Um, Logan was probably the best characterization of Wolverine that Jackman has done for me um, because th- this one was much more deep into who he was uh, and what he's been through and what he means to everybody around him. And it was a, a it was a parent movie. It was Xavier to Logan as Logan was to X-23. And doing it with an R, doing it as violent as it was, doing it as mature it was, uh, helped this movie in every way, shape, and form. And uh, I loved it. So that's, that's why it's sitting there, my number three. Yeah, yeah I loved it too, man. And it, it like you said, it's the best redemption of Wolverine. It, it, it Actually, now I think it's my favorite X-Men movie, period. Um, I love Old Man Logan, the books. They're one of my favorite Wolverine books. Um, I'm really glad this movie was actually made. And I love that they showed what happened to the X-Men with Xavier. That kind of catapulted what we talked about earlier with uh, Damien's TV show, The Gifted, which is slightly tied in. So I I love the ending, too, where you kind of last Jedi and uh, you hand off the mantle to some, you know, other kids that are going to be the new mutants. Yeah, no, it's, uh, Logan was, uh, Logan was amazing. Have you seen it in black and white? I have not. I heard heard you talk about it. I I, I wanted to do that. Yeah. I have not though. Few films do this. You know, they did it with the Mad Max and Mad Max Fury Road. Seeing it in black and white (laughs) is an experience, but same thing with Logan. You see it in black and white. It does something to it. It gives this noir feel, and it plays so well that it just it feels almost like you're watching a, a separate film. It gives that more of that artistic twist. It's just such a good film. Like I, I love it. I love the character. Uh, as good as it was as a ending to his portrayal of Logan or as as Wolverine, I really am hoping now with the Disney purchase that he's going to honor what he said originally in an interview and that he's going to come back as an Avenger and don the costume. Please don't kick me out of the cast. I still haven't seen it. Oh, no problem. (laughs) Not that I don't want to. I just haven't gotten around to it. I'm like I said, I'm in the dark side of uh, Amazon prime watching really crappy indie horror films. Nick, what is your number three? My number three is get out. Really enjoyed that movie. Uh, It was hard to make a top three, but because of what that movie is and what we didn't know about it until the very end, I appreciated it a lot and uh, look for future projects from uh, uh, the director and writer. I'm dropping his name now. We just Jordan, mentioned it. Jordan Beale. 
Oh yeah, uh, yeah Jordan, Jordan Peele. Peele. Yeah, looking From forward to Key what he comes Peele. out with Key next. Peele. Yeah, Key and Peele. That's what I always want to say is Key and Peele, but I know yeah. it's not both yeah. of them. Yeah, he's just say yeah, Key Peele guy. Yeah, no. Yep. Yeah. I think the it's next thing he probably has another movie, names. but if I hope the next thing is Lovecraft Country that we're going to see him do with on HBO. So that, is that this awesome. as in HP Lovecraft? Uh, how have I not heard about yes. this? Uh, yeah. 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 Um, so Jordan Peele and J.J. Abrams are going to be doing a TV show for HBO called Lovecraft Country, which is going to be uh, African-Americans traveling across uh, America during the Jim Crow era, running into Lovecraft what? monsters. What? How have I not heard about this? Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, yeah it's going to be awesome. Must watch. That's because you're on Amazon Prime watching bad hey, movies. Hey, some of them are good. Get out yeah, of there. this is HBO. Actually, I've got one. No, they're not. Stop there lying to There is one yourself. on Amazon Prime that I highly recommend, so just throwing that out there. All right. Uh, Silver, what is your number three? It is Lego Batman. Talked about that one earlier. That one's just for a cartoon. For yes, yes, it is. And I, I love uh, the Lego movies. I haven't seen uh, Ninjago yet. It's what I asked my mother-in-law for for Christmas, but uh, like I said, we don't do Christmas you're not missing for a couple anything. weeks. Yeah, you're... that's okay. Yeah, you're it's all right. I, I don't mind watching yeah. it on yeah. DVD because I'd still like to see it. But uh, Lego Batman was very, very funny. It was very good, and that is how I spent my 25th birthday. Was I went to the movies and saw Lego Batman, <laughs> and loved every minute of it in my Lego Batman shirt and my Batman pants. So. <laughs> Can you tell? Nice. You're the embodiment of a of a yeah, giant. Yeah, I, I really am. Like it's not even funny. <laughs> Although I am only four foot ten, so you know. I know we're I'm all basically giant like children, the size but... of a child as well. So I think everything stopped growing at once. But uh, yeah. Doesn't Will Arnett? Isn't Will Arnett the voice of the like uh, Batman? Yes, and, and he Batman? is yeah. so fun. Yeah, yeah. That's Will Arnett, right? God, he's so good. It's yeah, so good. he's just yeah. hilarious. I just yeah. it, it's like a, a Cajun was yeah. saying. Um, that showing that side of his personality is just great. And but re- what really made it for me was Michael Sarah as Robin. Cause it, he was just so freaking adorable. I've never been a Robin fan mm-hmm. I- until I saw Lego Batman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was, yeah, that, that was good. And Zach Galifianakis playing like a, a love struck but her yes <laughs> i didn't even realize it was zach until the credits rolled i was like oh my god like he did such a good job oh i i occasion i thought mark hamill voiced it i was completely wrong i thought mark hamill was voicing uh but that's that's only and the, the and the video at the arkham yeah. game it's only the animated series yeah that's yep. right yeah all right mr damien what is your number three sir last jedi we, we covered that one i know yep good for many reasons Moving on, we covered this one already on my number two, but I moved it way higher than a lot of others. Uh, Guardian of the Galaxy Volume Two, and to me, four, three, and two on my list were very interchangeable. And it was tough to, to pin them, but uh, Guardians of the Galaxy just is for me uh, what I like in fun movies. Uh, Logan was good because of its uh, adultness and treatment of the character. Get Out was a smart thriller. This was this was fun. And for me, that's what I like most about my movies, and that's why I said it there, too. Um, Nick, what's yours? Logan. Like I said, it was my favorite rendition of an X-Men movie, my favorite rendition of Wolverine, and um, X-Men's usually my number one, so that's why it's at my number two. All right, Silver, what's your Uh, number two? The Last Jedi. Whoa! 
everybody on the last Jedi train. It's all in our Heck top yeah. five. <laughs> I, I had to put it pretty high up yeah. because you know I'm a lifelong Star Wars fan, and I. I didn't quite understand all of the negativity towards it, you know, and a lot of my, at least in my circle, um, a lot of my friends and, and people I know, their complaint is that it uh, created more questions than it answered, but as a very avid uh, novel reader, that didn't bother me, because you know they're just opening it up and leaving it for something really, really cool when episode 9 comes out, and I'm totally okay with that. I don't mind getting excited and waiting a couple years. I had to live through the um, uh, release of the Harry Potter books in its entirety. I can survive two years waiting for the next movie to answer a couple questions. Right. And, and if your friends were like, it created more questions than answers, I'm, I, my question would be, what did you think about Force yeah. Awakens? Because that was nothing but J.J. Abrams mystery boxes right. on top of mystery boxes that Last Jedi had to answer. And they answered most of the mystery boxes J.J. Abrams left for him in mm-hmm. Force Awakens. And for the listeners, Damien picked up his Kylo Ren helmet and then smashed it into the wall. I'm not really sure what that reference is at all, Damien. <laughs> okay, that is yeah. the one part of the movie I didn't like. <laughs> Just because I love that helmet. He's a big I baby. Like that he helmet. tantrums. I love that helmet. I love that helmet. In both movies, he throws tantrums. He just hey, smashes so do I. things. It's all right. Well, it's... Yeah. <laughs> he plays a bigger... He plays a better big baby than uh, Anakin Skywalker in the prequels, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> Let's not do some hating uh, Christensen hate. Come on now. But you know, other than that, the best part for me was you know we he, we had our Force Dream Team. You mentioned the back to back, and uh, the Porgs. I loved the Porgs because I'm a total girl. I love Ewoks. Who doesn't? I, I, I want Ewoks. I, to be real. I still love Ewoks, and I like the, I like the two Ewoks. Actually, side movies, so. my absolute yeah, favorite I, are Jawas. I love Ewoks too, especially because when you go to Disney World, if you go to the Launch Bay in Hollywood Studios, they have Jawas like inside the the Launch Bay, and they'll like trade with trade with you if you take them shiny items like a you know yeah pins. They trade or, or pins. um like a bottle cap ta- <laughs> uh, bo- uh, uh yeah like bottle caps um tabs from soda cans stuff like that they'll trade you stuff for them. Uh, Oh, the last two times I was in Disney World, I stood there for about two hours just watching the Jawas play with uh, BB-8 and hide from the stormtroopers on duty. <laughs> awesome. All right, Damien, what is your number two? Logan. Yes. All right. Now, moving into number one. Uh, me... Nick and Damien all have the exact same one as number one. So we're going to cover that one, and then Silver's going to cover her number one. Uh, I'll leave it. Nick, what is our number one? It is Thor Ragnarok. And I'll just say right off, right at the beginning that uh, uh, me and Damien discussed this before on a previous cast that Captain America First Avenger and Iron Man number one were always my two favorite Marvel movies, and I didn't think they could be surpassed, especially First Avenger. I really, really liked that one, and it touched me a lot. Thor Ragnarok is now my favorite MCU movie. It's my number one. It's it, From start to finish, uh, I don't really have a lot of gaps or holes in it to pick it apart or, at all. Maybe a little bit here and there with the, com- the comic side of it, mm-hmm. people didn't like it, the comedian side of it. I enjoyed every second of that movie. Yeah, Damien. What I love about it is that one of the most beloved characters from it, Korg, is the director. That's yeah, yeah. I mean, That's and he's he's funny, beloved, and he plays the T. And I was 
trying to figure out who it was. I thought it was because he directed and worked with the guys from Fly the Conquerors. I was like, is it one of those guys? Because I thought it could have been Murray from Fly the Conquerors. And then I looked it up like, oh, oh. <laughs> it's Taika Waititi playing this character and playing just who knew you were going to like Borg or what, what Korg. was his name again? Korg. Korg. Korg, yeah, sorry. I, I wanted to say Porg because of the Last Jedi stuff. <laughs> what, what, but I did, Porg and Korg. <laughs> it's a side so comedy. But what... <laughs> Yeah. Thank you. It could work, but what's what's, what's that's great? A, that's about a good buddy adventure. Yeah. What's great is that when he introduces himself, he's like, uh, "I'm Korg. I'm a thing," which is a total reference to <laughs> Thing from Fantastic Four, which now can be a thing. Korg, if he survives the the upcoming war, he could appear alongside the Thing with Fantastic Four. Yeah, because he'll be in, he'll be in the universe. Yep. They have to again reboot Fantastic Four to be in there, but. Yeah, everything about this, because I mentioned earlier why I like Guardians of the Galaxy, why it was there. This surpassed it because it was more fun. It had, uh, it employed music, I think, as good as Guardians of the Galaxy did, um, which kind of Guardians of the Galaxy set the stage and allowed yeah. Thor to be s- such music driven that it was. It had so much fun being a movie and not being distracting. Um, while it's telling a story um sometimes stick too long on this part but it didn't matter because we're staying a little long here to to really make this joke hit and we're gonna stay here in this action sequence uh and really enjoy this and just play this fight between uh thor and hulk out um because we put we we put it in the trailers front and center and we're not just gonna make it stop real quick we're really gonna play it out in different areas and the so many things hit and then even having just a great uh, final act with so many great action sequences in there just fun all the way through and I've only seen it once and because uh, I don't get to go to the movies that often so yeah. can't wait to see it too. again yeah yeah. What the, only, the, the only time oh sorry Damon go ahead I was just going to say one of the things I loved about the fight between Thor and Hulk was that it was a total it was you know total play off of Planet Hulk which in Planet Hulk and, and and this character was referenced, but is was Hulk goes in instead of Thor walking into the arena, Hulk walks into the arena, and then he sees this this character that's got the same cape, the same like you know horns on his helmet, gets all excited because he thinks he sees Thor, and it turns around it's Beta Ray Bill, and that takes that play, that happens in the Thor or in the Hulk the Planet Hulk comic, so they flipped it. And now Hulk's coming out, and it's Thor doing it. And that whole little flip happened because of a kid. A kid made a joke about how this should happen, and that's what they did. <laughs> nice. I yeah. wanted to say that Thorg, or... Thorg? Thorg. 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 <laughs> We've been on for a long time. Korg, uh, every, every scene he was in, he stole it for me. Uh, I really enjoyed that character. And just like in The Last Jedi, there's a character that when you see him, you're like, oh, he's in this movie? And he he was great in The Last Jedi. And this one is like, Korg, oh, Korg's in this, okay. And you're watching it, and he's so funny and so good in it. Every scene, I love them in it. Uh, the scenes with Hela are the only time where the movie gets a little serious. Besides that, it doesn't take itself too seriously and plays it just as it is. And I, I really enjoyed this, and Jeff Goldblum was a beautiful choice to play that character um which damien pointed out to me that's benicio del toro's character 
uh, his brother, oh, his brother. In, this, his brother. in this world, which I, I, I should have knew, but I didn't know. So I, I like that connection also. That that made me like it even more. Yep. All right. We've waxed our love about Thor Ragnarok. Silver, you want to wax your love about your number one? My number one, as if it's a surprise to absolutely anybody, is Jigsaw. <laughs> Did any of you guys even get a chance to see it? I have not yet. I have not. And I don't like horror, so sorry. Or even thriller. Uh, that's what... I thought we were friends, Cajun. I fell off yeah, the Saw well, series I mean, after two movies. Yeah, I <laughs> yeah, like psychological them. thriller, but like when it, when it moves more towards horror, that's where I step away. I'm with you, Cajun. You know, when I used to... It doesn't do anything I for used me. To, I used to be the exact same way. Um, you know, I, I know I've said this uh, multiple times, but uh, I saw a couple of really good ones and realized that they can have some really cool stories. And I never wanted to watch the Saw series because I've kind of got a, a weak stomach. I don't like gore. I don't like blood. Well, fortunately, I've watched enough Game of Thrones and The Walking Dead that that's eased off a little bit. And uh, the only reason I watched the first Saw is because I love James Wan. And I was like, okay, like I heard the first one's not gory or anything. Let's watch it. Then I had to watch the rest of the series. And then I was like, okay, these are interesting. Uh, I guess I can wait till Jigsaw comes out on DVD or whatever. No, no. I went and saw it like opening day. Like, so I went from not being able to watch, you know, a Chucky film to sitting front row opening day of Jigsaw eating nachos and popcorn. Swinging my legs like a little kid in a, you know, a Disney movie. It was quite a sight. (laughs) But uh, especially since none of you guys have seen it, uh, I don't want to spoil anything, but it really, it it goes back to its roots. That's Um, a good thing. For a while, uh, the people that had, uh, you know, kind of taken over weren't doing it for the same reason that uh, Jigsaw was originally doing it. They were just doing it to do it. And... It so they got gorier and, and a little more um, off track, but this one just brings it around to the original Saw, where you know it's a lot more limited. There's not like a th- you know a thousand rooms and a bunch of really elaborate traps. The traps are very simple. There's only a few rooms, and the gore level is more like the first one. You only see what you really need to, and. It, it I liked it because it showed that you can still make an amazing Saw movie without making it gore porn, like some people like. And mm-hmm. it really, really stood out for me for the entire year. And I it's supposed to come out on DVD and Blu-ray, I want to say the end of next month, or the beginning of February. And uh, I've already told my husband, for my birthday in February, I want Jigsaw. And he's like, okay, cool. I told... <laughs> Done and done. I told him I might even want that one on a, uh, you know, if they release it on a 4K Blu-ray. I'm like, do it. <laughs> Just because I loved it that much. And that is definitely my number one for the year. Nice. Awesome. Awesome. And I've watched like 150 horror movies this year, if that tells you anything. <laughs> <laughs> that you're keeping count, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I watch like three a day. I work from home and have nothing else to do. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So, all right, we finished off our list for uh, what we're liked in TV and movies for 2017. And so we're going to finish off the cast. Uh, I know it's been a little long in the tooth, but really quickly, what we're hyped about uh, coming in 2018. So really quickly, we're going to say uh, one thing that we're hyped about for 2018 in the TV and movies. And starting it off on my end, 
Um, and I'm starting more near term. It's me as the Runaways finale. Um, I'm enjoying Runaways way too much, way more than I thought I was. And I'm really excited to see how the last couple of episodes or so it's are going to go. So that's what I'm excited about. Nick? Yeah, I'm going to the Marvel side of things. And I'm really looking forward to Black Panther and then the start off of the Avengers Affinity War. Nice. Uh, Silver? Uh, Fantastic Beasts, The Crimes of Grindelwald. Because uh, I'm, I'm a you know long long time Harry Potter fan, the first Fantastic Beasts, uh, being the first time I ever went into a Harry Potter related film and had no idea what was going to happen, which was her entire uh, you know idea behind it. I like your, I like your wand. I have like uh, five or six of them in my library. <laughs> my whole library is Harry Potter. It's kind of sad, but um, not sad. you know I, like having that. Uh, experience to go in without you know having read a book or something first was really cool and i'm excited about the next one because uh it's going to take place in paris instead of new york and not only does it have uh johnny depp playing uh, gellert grindelwald but uh they're bringing in jude law as a young albus dumbledore and i'm really excited to see that i'm really eager to see where uh uh rolling is take gonna take this old story that we only know bits and pieces of from uh the actual harry potter novels so it doesn't come out till November, but uh, I'm I'm excited. Awesome, and Damien, Solo, a Star Wars story. This this Solo movie. Five yeah. months. We got five months. Mm-hmm. Awesome, and we we should be getting a uh, a trailer soon as well too. Yeah, so, so images uh, have been leaking. So yeah, a trailer. I would ex- yes. I would expect a teaser real uh, really soon, and then like probably a month later a trailer. I think they've actually announced when the trailer is going to be releasing, and I shouldn't be saying this on a podcast because I don't know the date, but I, I, they have released when it's coming out, and I think it's like a, a football game. So it might that be uh, Super Bowl. in the College Football National oh. Championship stuff or Super Bowl is when we're going to get the first trailer. I'll, my guess is a Super Bowl because it's coming up uh, in just a few weeks. The yeah. big game. We can't say Super Bowl. Oh, yeah. Yep. <laughs> Sorry. Oh. The big game. <laughs> it's okay. okay. My the team two best teams was... going at it in one series, one bowl game. It's okay. My team was an absolute joke this year, so that this big game doesn't exist for me right now. <laughs> yeah, my Saints are still in it. All right. Yeah, Signing it's coming off. next week during during a college football. It, that's the championship college, college game. Yeah, that's yeah. on that's on New Year's Day then. Yeah. Oh, nice. So that's just a couple days from now. Yep. Yes, I knew it was soon. All right, now, uh, Nick, where can we find you? You can find me on Twitter at NickNPDX, all one word. All right, Silver, where can we find you? You can find me on Twitter at SilverSoulX10 or at SilverGamingUSA. Nice. Damien? You can find me on Twitter at MrDamienNash, all one word. Also, check us out on Facebook. I man that as much as I can. More so when I get a new phone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Don't and I uh, don't use phones for pl- lights when you're doing plumbing around a toilet. <laughs> That's what Wise flashlights words. are for. And you can find me, Caucasian Saint, all one word on Twitter. And then for us, besides Facebook, you can email us, geekologist at ninjapancake.com, Twitter at geekologist radio minus the T for character restrictions and geekologists, and on the web geekologistradio.com and ninjapancake.com. 
if you've made it this far with us, thank you for spending the time with us going over the entire year of everything we liked in TV and movies in 2017. And we will catch you in 2018. Have a good one.